intellectual. What a crazy week. Happy that you joined and this being the 20th episode of the podcast. Couldn't be more excited to have you here. This week we have Parker Ferry. He is the founder of Reset Lacrosse in out of Atlanta, Georgia. He coaches lacrosse down here in Atlanta, Georgia, and he played lacrosse goalie at the professional level. And we get into that and we talk about the art side as well as the control that is expected of lacrosse goalies and how you are able to channel that. Great conversation. Hopefully it can bring a smile to your face during these crazy times and appreciate you joining. Enjoy the experience. So what is it, what is yours about like what? It's about whatever. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of what I figured, and that's why like, it seemed like it was chill, like yeah, Seth Rogen type deal. Yeah, Seth Rogen. I don't know if he's got a podcast, but Joe Rogan's got. Joe one. Rogan. <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> Seth Rogen. <laughs> Seth Rogen should make a Seth podcast. Seth Rogen would have an amazing sick. podcast. That'd be a funny they would just ass smoke podcast. joints all day, yes. and that would be the podcast. Yes, that shit would be funny as hell. That would be great. That is a fact. Mine started with the so my school Ursinus had. Uh, this class called CIE, which was mm-hmm. the Common Intellectual Experience. And okay. we would sit in this classroom as freshmen. Oh, Common Intellectual. I see. There you go. And yeah, you'll yeah, get this. Yeah, yeah. You'll uh-huh. get this. So we, um, we would get uh, in a classroom of all of these freshmen, and we would have these four basic underlying questions about mm-hmm. the universe and humanity and stuff okay. like that. And like that. we had these readings, um, like Socrates, Plato, um, the Bhagavad Gita, which is like this um, Hindu scripture or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Book of Job. So these deep, deep yeah. philosophy. Like, like probably literature. too deep for like freshmen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's, that's the, like point. the point. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. You, you have these group conversations. Um, I did not read more than half of those yeah, books. And, not but, really. <laughs> but the conversations were interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, through these conversations, I've realized that um, I appreciate that so much more now as an adult than I do or than I did when I was a freshman in college. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just, and especially during the quarantine, I went back and read some of my papers that I wrote and it's like, oh, this is pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, and yeah. then having conversations with people, yeah. um, that idea just kind of stuck and I didn't, didn't really think anything of it. I left it on a whiteboard that I had in the other room and, um, then I was like, you know, I might as well just start a podcast. I, I listen to Barstool podcasts all right, the time, right. and um, they, I kind of just started, went from listening to studying, and, right, and they right. have like a tempo, a cadence, and... Right. There's definitely art to it, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been fun. It's just been getting to learn yeah. people's stories and just figure out what makes people tick in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. How many have you done about? Done? I've... Like how many? How many? Like have I've you released, recorded? Oh, I've recorded around forty. Okay. So oh, and I've sure. released sixteen. This okay, past cool. weekend was my sixteenth. Gotcha. And I'm releasing my seventeenth on Sunday, but I release them every Sunday, and cool. it's it's easy for me because yeah. it just gets on a schedule, and 
um, having so many backlogged, it yeah, just yeah, makes it easier. Yeah, yeah. So like a natural YouTuber, you got videos backlogged. Yeah, I guess so. But it's been fun. Mm-hmm. It's been quite an experience. What are you checking out there? You got logos? I'm looking. I'm seeing in the in the picture. Right yeah, there. I just I, I wanted something to look at. Just uh, I've got all this to distract. That's okay. No, not to distract. Just like. I've got so much stuff going on right now. Like, I used to not have anything going on. Like, probably a month ago, I didn't, I like had three and that was it. That was all I was cooking in my oven. And now I've got like just so much stuff like reset, 3D, my new job. Like, I've got all these, what do you call it? Uh, uh, pokers in the fire. What, what's, yeah. the, what's the saying? Yeah. Not, it's not pokers. Yeah, no, it's, no, no, uh, no. Um... <laughs> Uh, you know what I'm talking about. I know, I know exactly <laughs> yeah. what you're talking about. I just don't yeah. know the saying. So, like, every time I have, like, a free second, I just, like, I just, like, want to just get everything, like, on the same level and make sure I'm doing everything, like, everything's kind of taken away. And I'm not saying this is a free second, but... Oh, my God, no. It I was, mean, you know... This is a free second. Yeah, yeah we're that's just, what, we're that's just chilling. We're, yeah. having, we're having drinks. It doesn't matter. The thing is, is that's, like, that's how the conversation came about, like, to have the podcast, to have all of this. It's, like, I was laid off of my job, and to have so much free time it's like what can i do to fill yep. the the slots and i'm sure yep. it was same with you where yep. i mean the shit that went down i'm not where we don't have to cover it but the shit that went down yeah. to, i mean you had to rebound and just mm-hmm. figure out all right what do i really want to no, do we can i mean we can whatever you want to go over dude it, yeah I, I mean you I had just it. i mean what did you do over the quarantine yeah uh let's see when did the quarantine even start uh, dude? March. Been, yeah it's been crazy so march i was i don't even so I was a permanent substitute at Westminster High School in March, which is crazy because wow, yeah, because I know, yeah, it's crazy, and now like yeah, it's wild. So I was a permanent substitute there, which uh, it's not that I, I I it wasn't the right fit. We'll put it that way. So if quarantine didn't happen, I don't I don't think I would have been back. But solely for the reason that it's a thirty five thousand dollar a year school, it's yeah. like. Yeah, it's insane. The campus is like, dude, these kids are, these kids are ready for college. Like, it's basically college. Like, you're a senior there. Like, yeah, it's, they treat it's yeah, it's it's really crazy. But no, yeah, not for the sense that I didn't like wasn't good at what I was doing. It was just not my style. Was not did not fit there. You know what I mean? Like the head of school was like this like super proper like you know pinky up like sipping you know like tea. I mean thirty five thousand dollars. Yeah, thirty five k a year. I mean you kind of expect it out of a place like that. And here I am like you know, re- like I like to connect with the kids like on a more like personal level I think than a lot of those people do. And and they don't they don't see the value in that. I think they, really. Yeah. No, they want you to be like you know super. PG and which is fair but like at the end of the day like the kids I was interacting with were like you know I wasn't really doing much with like super young kids I was like most of the varsity lacrosse kids so I was like kind of older guys and I was just like helping them go like through things that like a lot of other people like wouldn't wouldn't touch you know like girl problems and like you know drinking and like all that kind of stuff like I was like being someone that they could like kind of go to to like like get stuff off their chest you know what I mean yeah and um I think it rubbed people kind of the wrong way. Like they'd see me like dapping kids up in the in in the hallways, you know what I mean? And, and they'd see like how they interacted with me. Would you just get looks or? Uh, lo- looks, but like super passive aggressive. Like of course these people aren't gonna be, you know what I mean? Like the kind of people that yeah. you're Of course they're not gonna be like in your face. They're not gonna say like, hey, like what? It's gonna be the most passive aggressive type thing you did. So the people that worked, I worked closely with. So like 
Tony, I'll, I'll name drop right now because like Tony Souza and uh, and John Welford are two of the best coaches I've ever been around in my entire life, and I learned so much from those guys. And those guys saw me interact with the kids on the field, and they, mm-hmm. I mean, they loved it. You know, they yeah. they want the the athletic department wanted me back like so bad, but uh, South offered me some money, and you know, at during the time I didn't really have a job because COVID shut down that job, obviously, and. Um, I had to follow the money. Seasons so. were canceled for all of Georgia spring sports, right? Wait, yeah. March? Okay. Yeah, in March, yeah. So we, we were at practice. There was, like, talk going on that, you know, it might be, it might cancel, it might everything might shut down. We were like, nah, you know, it's not. Right. Because, I mean, you got to put yourself back in the mindset of us when we were there. Oh, I mean, yeah. too. I mean, if we were all we there. We had no idea. If you if you could have fast-forwarded to now, it, you would have been absolutely mind-blown. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, so yeah, everything basically got shut down, and... Uh, and uh, I got lucky enough where I was on a contract, so I was still getting paid through that time. Uh, so I got super lucky. Me mm-hmm. and my fiance went back to Jersey and spent some time in Jersey with her parents, um, just to get out of Atlanta because they were like, you know, they're they're on this the really far one end of the spectrum where they're like, you know, the world is going crazy. And you know, I I, I value that for sure. I think it's I'm somewhere kind of in the middle, but they're like super far where they're like, you know, biohazard suits, you know, like the whole nine, like. I remember, and and I was all for it. I mean, but I remember when we would go to the grocery store when I was back in New Jersey. They were wiping off the the bread and wiping off the cereal boxes when we brought it back really? from the grocery store and all that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's also different. Like when you have the the age, it's a different thing as well. Like yeah. we're not as much a threat. So I mean, yeah. all, and also being in Georgia, it's just a different yeah. mindset as well. Like it is. the fact that. We were playing lacrosse essentially all summer. Yeah. Um, yeah. That yeah. just wasn't the situation in the majority of the country. And so no. um, it's it's just interesting how the mindsets are completely different because my friends in the Northeast just don't have to deal with the the openness of, of, right. of the state. And the thing is, is they don't want to. Now their right. mindset's shifted and that's completely okay. Right. But it's also a little scary to think that, oh, is this going to be something that we have to deal with long term yeah, where New York sure. is completely shut down and mm-hmm. then we're completely open? It's it's almost hard to grasp. I have a friend coming down from New York just to visit and he's like, I want to go out. Like, I'm 22. I yeah. have no threat of going out and just infecting anybody. It's yeah. like, I'm, I need to just enjoy myself. Yeah, I'm like, absolutely. yeah, come on down here. This is completely yeah, yeah. open. I, I mean, yeah. Like I said, you know, I'm, I'm like pretty in the middle with all this stuff. I, I think like masks, I think are are like an obvious thing, and we don't have to get into this if you don't want to, because you know we can get into whatever you want. Yeah, Who but I, sometimes it's touchy for people, and, and I don't know, care. Yeah, Seriously. I know, I know you don't care, but but it's just like you know, a thing where like you you know, but yeah. yeah. But anyways, in my opinion, I think you know masks are obvious. I mean, you know, I'm I'm a full believer in, in science. I think you know if you go out, you well, wear the a mask. thing is, is like even before, like we didn't like if we're looking back to April and May. That was when we were told that masks didn't do anything. Yeah, so, yeah. like, we were given the mindset anyway that right. this might not work. And right, right. now we know that, okay, it's going to do something. Even right, if it's not yeah. going to do everything, I mean, it's going to do something. And so, even if it does nothing, dude. Right. You know, like, even if, it, even if it does nothing. Like, still just, I don't understand the reason to not wear them. Like, just make, you know, like, okay, whatever. We got to wear, when we go get our quick, our gas and our quick trip, you know, we got to wear a mask. Like, right. whatever. But, you know, big freaking deal. But, yeah, it's, it's. It's been crazy, and it's definitely changed, you know, who knows where I would be, where you would be with Seriously. if it didn't happen, you know. Who freaking knows? I could be still at Westminster, like, you know. 
trying to pretend like I, you know, fit in and, you know, just. So, like, when you were there, was it, it was obviously because of coaching, but were you planning on staying there through I mean, yeah, I was, yeah, basically what they were paying me and the benefits I got and, like, I had, like, a 401k, they had, like, awesome benefits, like, you know, health insurance, dental, you know, the whole nine. Mm -hmm. I was getting paid perfect. I was perfectly happy with how much I was getting paid. I was making a stipend for lacrosse. The lacrosse team was good. I loved the coaches. Here's one state. Yeah, we yeah we won a state championship in 2019. You had just won state. Yeah, one of the craziest games I've ever been a part of in my entire lacrosse career. What happened? That game was insane. It was it was at so first of all it was against Love It, which is like one of the biggest rivalries like in the state. Westminster Love It. Now are there classes in Georgia? How is it? Yeah. So so uh, Westminster is five A. It depends on the size of the school. Okay. Um, I could be wrong on some of this. But I'm they're all school-sanctioned. Because in Missouri, I, oh, yeah. I was all club. So oh, yeah, my yeah. hockey team and lacrosse team, I played club sports, so we had to pay for everything. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that, that just, It was crazy. a different world. So I mean, Was it was it with every sport, or was it just with mm-hmm. hockey and lacrosse? Hockey and lacrosse. Yeah, yeah they you're just, like the losers. Like the, 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 bingo. Yeah, like, yeah. No, you say it. We are yeah. the losers, <laughs> absolutely. Football yeah. and basketball ruled. And yeah, which is... Hey, and also, yeah, I mean, it just yeah. is what it is. And... Um, I mean, I'll also say that our games for hockey were the most fun. I mean, oh, Friday, yeah. Saturday nights. Oh, I remember they, high school hockey games. Yeah, yeah. insane. I mean, it's just a good time. Yeah. Especially when they're not school sanctioned, they get a little rowdy. So oh, yeah. it's a good time. No, we were not associated with the school. And right. lacrosse, we sucked. So, yeah. I mean, it just <laughs> yeah. is what it is. The private yeah. schools had the association. Right. Um, I don't know if it had to do with Title IX or not from the private school standpoint, right. but for public school, it definitely did. So. Yeah. Yeah, so there's like 7A, I think, um, 7A is the bigger school, so like where I'm at now, South Forsyth, did a 7A school, um, but Westminster was a 5A school, uh, so there, you know, the talent, usually like you go to New Jersey, where, where I grew up, it's like the different divisions, there's going to be a pretty good talent gap between the, the divisions, like the level of lacrosse in, this, in the lower divisions is going to be pretty, you know, not as good as the, the you know, whatever, here it's like for the most part, it's pretty even. So hmm. we, we beat, during the season, we beat Walton, who ended up winning the state, the 7A championship that year. So the 5A team that won the championship beat the 7A team that won the championship. So it's like, it's all kind of, you know, it's they're all pretty even. It's relative, yeah. Yeah, it's all pretty relative. But yeah, so that game, anyways, we were playing Love It. You know, it was pretty much back and forth the entire time. Um, ends up in overtime, or sorry, we're down by two with like maybe four, 40 seconds or so to go and uh and our face-off guy wins a clean face-off this kid's going to harvard he's like he's sick dylan farley he's like an absolute animal goes down gets absolutely stuffed uh oh wait no no i'm sorry we were down by two we made a good play we ended up being down by one with like i don't know 15 seconds left or so dylan wins a face-off um goes down gets stuffed by the goalie this kid's going to denver this goalie's going to denver he's sick charlie higgins yeah he's an absolute mad lad but Get stuff. Him thinking the game's over just chucks it out of bounds. Like, just chucks it as far as he can. I don't even know if he was trying to chuck it out of bounds or not, but he chucked it, like, all the way down the field. The ball goes out of bounds, like, maybe 10 yards on the other side of the midfield line. Like, far, the the left side of the field. So there's, like, maybe, I don't know, 10, 9 or 10 seconds left in the game. Ball's all the way down that side of the field. You know, down by one. So we're, like, you know, it's going to have to be someone running all the way to the cage. And, uh, you know, keep in mind, this game has been back and forth. Like, basically the entire game has right. been back and forth. It's been just an insane game all the way around. 
So we give uh, we give this kid uh, uh, Paul Weddington. He's going to Princeton. He's playing lacrosse at Princeton. Yeah, there's some ballers. There's some talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Georgia lacrosse is starting to get really looked at. Like it's it's really starting to blow up. But yeah, this kid's a starting running back for the high school. So just an absolute animal. Like this kid has been clearing the ball for us all year. We, I don't think we practiced clears once in practice. Like it was just give it to Paul. Like if Warren would make a save, the goalie would make a save, he would just run right to the crease. Warren would just give it to him, and he would just clear the ball. And he would make, <laughs> he would make kids look foolish. That's convenient. He would make kids look foolish on the way up the field too. It was insane. So anyways, we give it to Paul. Like the two guys, you know, it's like a guy kind of to his left and the guy in front of him, you know, trying to like cut him off and play the, you know, play the tango game, you know, double the guy. Mm-hmm. He's he just puts his head down, just trucks over both of them like a complete truck. Goes all the way down the field, scores with like two seconds left, tie the game, you know. Goes in overtime. Wow. We end up winning overtime, but yeah, it was it was crazy. It was an insane game. Yeah, when I moved down here, I was shocked at the talent that was was yeah. down here in Georgia, just because I knew what Missouri lacrosse was like. Yeah. I know that it's grown, but yeah. to see the players that are down here and just how much it's grown. Also yeah. with LB three, I mean, I don't oh, know yeah. how much of an impact that's made, but oh, it's huge. It, yeah, it just seems yeah. like to have that presence, it's yeah, just grown from there, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Georgia takes their sports seriously. You know, I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Like, like the kids down here, they're like, sports are like a big deal down here. You know, like, mm-hmm. I know in Jersey it was kind of similar, but like, it kind of all stems from like football down here and basketball. You know, they it's like a big freaking deal. So if you're not playing football or basketball and you still want to be competitive in sports, like lacrosse is a great option. And I think the kids who end up in lacrosse, like, just take it as hard as the football players do, you know. So I think that, you know, kind of helps out. You have, I remember coaching with, uh, a football coach over the summer and there's just a different intensity oh, yeah. and I tried to bring the calming presence and man I mean there's just a different level yeah, here they're different sports man. They're, oh my god if I had a kid uh, you know I don't, I'm not going to be that parent if I ever have a kid that's like you know you can't do this or you got to do this but like I'm trying to steer him away from football I you know I, listen I don't want to be one of those guys that's like <laughs> you know football you know it's gonna get my kid hurt but like there's just better options. Like lacrosse is such a better option than football. You right. can still like hit people. You can still it's oh, still you can like clobber people. Yeah, but it's but it's it doesn't have that like whole like mentality of like I'm gonna step on the field and knock your head off. Like you know that right. that whole like mindset. It's Did you just, ever play? Uh, I played in like eighth grade. Okay. Yeah, I played a little bit. I wanted to play. I was I wanted to play hockey my entire life. I wanted to play hockey so bad, but uh, my parents either they didn't have the money or they didn't want me to play. I don't. I didn't really know, but they okay. they. They weren't really. They let me play lacrosse, but I I think it's because I want to play goalie and like goalie gear is like you know two grand. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like no. super expensive. I love my parents. They they allowed me to do that, and I'm so blessed. Oh yeah, I love I, playing hockey yeah. goalie, and it was only because of the gear. Like, oh and yeah, I'm sure my parents just were like, really, yeah. really, Elliot. And you know, like you're a young kid, like you're gonna have to buy a new pet set of pads every other year. Yeah, yeah. and the helmet, which. Oh yeah, had to have it airbrushed when of I was course. <laughs> eleven years old. Of course, I mean, it's just it, that sport. To for me, it was as you know the art element. Like I got, oh, yeah. I got to wear the cool pads. I got to oh, have yeah. the helmet that's painted. Yeah. Um, and it's just it was fun to to be able to go out there and just yeah play. And then I translate that into lacrosse, where mm-hmm. I just envision having all those pads on, yeah. and I still subconsciously envision having those pads. So I just will throw my leg right, out yeah. and it just as any good goalie does yeah exactly, for sure exactly yeah. exactly why'd you come down to atlanta uh so i was uh 2018 and 2019 i was bouncing around on like not bouncing around i was like playing on practice squads i was trying my best to you know make a career out of lacrosse um 
Uh, short answer is my fiance, my now fiance got a job down here, a sick job that she, you know, worked really hard for. She, she had an internship down here for a while. And as she was doing the internship, I was, I was, you know, pursuing my lacrosse career. And then kind of when that fizzled out, you know, and then, um, when she kind of right at the time that that fizzled out, she got, they, they offered her a full-time job. So it kind of like worked perfectly. Like I was kind of done, like the, they folded the, the two teams that I, played for the launch and the machine both folded so it was kind of a little bit of like yeah i mean i'm not gonna that's definitely not the like it definitely helped that that happened you know why i didn't play anymore but that's not definitely not the full reason like if i was like an absolute stud you know i would have found a place somewhere you know what i mean so like like it's not you know it's not like you know that's i'm not like blaming on that but like um it it actually the timing was good because right when that was done was kind of right when she got her full-time job offer and then yeah, moved down here, got a dog, and yeah. And the rest it. is history. Rest is history. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, I I commend you for going and playing at the professional level, yeah. like, even on a practice squad, because yeah, yeah. that's something that I think any kid just wants to oh, wear yeah. that helmet, just wear that jersey, yeah. and you didn't go to a D1 school, yeah. you went to clubs. So, yeah. I mean, what's that process like to try and find your way yeah, onto I mean, the team, too? It, it was so... So, I, well, I'll start at, like, high school. I'll try and, you know. But basically, in high school, I wasn't I, – I got pretty burnt out. Um, my high school coach was a professional guy. He played in the NLL for a couple of years, Jeff Biggis. He was a real hardo. So, like, we had – yeah. <laughs> we had practice. We had, like, practice every day. We had film on the weekends. We had, like – I mean, it was intense. Like, for wow. a high school program, it was intense. And now, having my point of – my perspective of, like, being a coach and seeing kids that are getting burnt out, I can totally understand, like, what happened to me. So – I was looking at a couple schools out of college, um, I mean, out of high school. Um, Drexel is one that I was really interested in. I was in communication with their coach a little bit. Um, that was an option of mine. Uh, they had a really good photography program there, so it was something that I was pretty interested in. Um, and then my dad and I went and visited Montana State, and you know, I saw the mountains 15 minutes away from the school. I met with the lacrosse guys there. It, was, you know, it just seemed like a really awesome time, so I kind of decided to go that route. And then I'd probably say, like, maybe the second month after being on the team in, in Montana State, I realized that I, like, really missed serious lacrosse. <laughs> really? You know what I mean? Yeah, because when I first got to Montana State, it was, like, it was as club, as club. It was, like, it was like club that everyone thinks of when you think of club. You know, it was, like, beer on the sideline. Like, dudes were just, oh, yeah. It was, like, yeah. It was. Did you know that going in? Uh, not necessarily. I knew it was going to be, you know, more club. laid back. Yeah, it was going to be club. But I didn't know it was, like, that. So, so yeah, so, so like, so when I got there, there was another kid that got there at the same time who was from Summit, New Jersey. So similar situation as me, like came from the East Coast, like went to a powerhouse East Coast high school for lacrosse. Like he played attack, Lewis Richmond, you know, ended up being one of my best friends there, a roommate for a long time. And uh, it was me, he, he was actually younger. It was, it was me and this uh, other kid, Jack, actually, who was from Montana and we both kind of like realized that we wanted a, like a serious club, so we kind of took it on in our own hands, to like kind of start transitioning the team from that Hello? to like a more serious. Shut up, Siri. Hello. <laughs> Siri's so like interested. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like, want to talk. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we started transitioning it from like a you know beer league type deal to like actually like serious program, and you know over the four years, it, every year it kind of just got better and better. That's awesome. So throughout that that whole process I kind of rose to the top and was like kind of a a club stud you know what I mean like I which isn't D2 club you know I'm not gonna say it was like but yeah no I I had myself a season I a couple all-americans and a and a 
the equivalent of like a tour ton, like a player of the year award my senior year. So heck yeah, I just thought like, you know, Hey shit, you know, I might as well, you know, I love playing. I, I think I'm good enough, you know, might as well, you know, try to go for this thing. And I and I told myself, I gave myself three years. I was like, I'm going to give myself mm. three years to just go at this as hard as I can. Like just a hundred percent head down, do whatever it takes. I want to see what I can accomplish. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to give myself three years done. So first year, you know, go to all the open tryouts I can go to. This was 2018, I think, uh, tw- between 2017 and 2018. Go to all the open tryouts, you know, play pretty well. I'm like training every day. I'm like living at home in basement, like, you know, doing just grinding as hard as I can. Um, and the Florida launch coach, uh, Tom Mariano says, Hey, you know, yeah, you're good. We'd love to have you on the practice squad. Like, you know, that'd be awesome. The only thing is <laughs> that you got to live in Florida. <laughs> yeah. So like, so, which I was kind of expecting, like, obviously the MLL was in no place to like, you know, be flying practice squad guys to and fro. Right. So I had a, a family connection in Florida that had a house down there that would give me some really cheap rent. And I went down there and bartended on at night and just trained my ass off and, you know, did the whole practice squad thing, which is a hell of an experience. Like yeah. it was, it was sick seeing, you know, I remember my first year there, it was like, Chaz Woodson and and uh, uh, Connor Busick were like two dudes that I clearly remember like making saves on and just being like, oh my god, you know, <laughs> it's insane, you know, <laughs> like watching these guys. Like we had all the games recorded at at our college house, you know, like we would watch high school or college across all the time. So it was like pretty surreal. It was just you know it was a good time and just kind of went from there and then you know continue that into the the launch the next year. So. That's kind of how it all started. Yeah. yeah. I love that you gave yourself a three-year period because I some people would go down that path and just kind of deviate. But when, when you gave yourself that mindset, it kind yeah. of gave you that structure to not get burnt out again, right. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was something that it, – it was kind of a more, uh, more so like me wanting to play professional lacrosse. Like, yeah, I definitely wanted to play professional lacrosse, like, you know, obviously. But I think more my motivation was like – I just want to see like what I can accomplish when I like when I like go all out at something. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, because I don't think I really, you know, in college I wasn't the best student. Um, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really give all my effort into one thing. And I think it was kind of myself like wanting to like see what I'm capable of in, in a certain sense. So yeah, I gave myself two years. I, I three years. I went I went all in on it, and I and I got two seasons out of it. And I think I you know. I remember when I was with the launch, it was me, Austin Cout, uh, a Penn State guy who still, I think he plays for the Lizards now, and Benny Pugh. He was like a Richmond goalie. That was like a Torton semifinalist and all that. And, you know, in my mind, me and Pugh were like pretty, you know, similar. Like we were playing pretty similar in practice, yeah. you know what I mean? So I was like all, you know, thinking I might get a start, you know, all this stuff. And then the game that Austin doesn't play, it's like a no-brainer, like Benny, like, you know what I mean? And it's... And I don't blame the coaches at all because the dude played Division One lacrosse. The dude just came off four years of practicing Division One lacrosse, playing Division One lacrosse. You know, he's seeing shots every day. He's seeing the best shots, you know, in the nation every day. Mm-hmm. He's getting all his training. So, like, I understand it. But a lot of lacrosse, a lot of goalie in any sport, I think, at that level is somewhat um, political a little bit. You know, because there's Absolutely. only one dude on the field at a time. It's so... You know, you got to have kind of the whole package, especially in a sport like lacrosse where so much of it is driven off of, like, social media and so much of it is driven. You know, you're trying to bring fans in. You're trying to get people to watch. You you want all that. So you want someone who fans, like, want to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of that comes from that. So, 
But yeah, I, I had an awesome. I don't regret one second of it. I no. mean, it was an awesome time. The, the fact that I can put it on my resume now is, is <laughs> yeah. It's, you know? I mean, it, as a as a kid, you just want to aspire to do that, and yeah. especially you going the route of club. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that. I'm very glad that you were able to do that because I'm sure that when you were burnt out, it's like, I don't even want to think about lacrosse. Oh, I yeah. just want to just go out and enjoy college and, oh, enjoy and figure out what I'm actually interested yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, photography for me at that time was like... Was when like, did you start like getting interested in photography? Oh, like as a kid? As a kid, okay. yeah, as a young As a young kid. I had a really, really close family friend. Uh, our families were both close. Uh, so our parents were close. My mom my dad were close with. Uh, Lee and John, and then they had a daughter that was my age too that I got really close with. Yeah, we met in like in like preschool or something. And he, John, her dad was a super successful photographer. Like he photographed for like UNICEF. Like he would travel the world. Like I remember him showing me when I was a kid. Like his passport was like it looked like a Bible. You know, it was like so thick. He'd like gone <laughs> everywhere, bro. Yeah, and I remember like when I was a kid, we'd go into he'd come home from trips and like we'd go over there for dinner. We were over there for dinner like three, four times a night or a week. And we'd like go into, into his office and like, he'd, he'd, he'd like go through all the photos from his most recent trip and like explain like, you know, oh, this was, you know, this from like Ethiopia, Ethiopia or like wherever the hell he was, you know? And I think that really got me into it like at a very young age. And uh, yeah, it just kind of, it's something that's always been, it's, it's tailed off a little now because of lacrosse has kind of taken over, which I'm totally fine with. I, you know, I love lacrosse, yeah. but yeah, it's always been something I've been really interested in. That's so interesting. You get to see that trip and also hear the stories of each of those pictures. And you're oh, like, yeah. I want to try and be able to yeah. tell those stories through whatever I'm doing. And Yeah, it was insane. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of lacrosse, a lot of goalies, I think there's there's got to be a study about goalies, like, hmm. like their mindset. Because, I mean, you're an artsy guy. I'm an artsy guy. I know a bunch of goalies that are, like, kind of... You know, a little like different, not your like typical like Chad. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think there, I think there's, there's got to be some kind of link for That'd like successful goalies, dude. I, this is something I thought about a lot. Like, there has to be like soccer goalies. I'm sure are the same way. Like yeah. any any type of goalie, there's got to be something about like the spotlight being on you. Like, I don't know. What it also, is. the protector. Like you are the yeah. last line of defense. Yeah. And in lacrosse, you're also the general of right. of everything. You see everything. Exactly. You have the vision of your defense. You're yeah. in charge of directing. There's so much communication. And even when we're just playing pickup lacrosse, oh, yeah. you just learn the defense's names. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, you got to do this. You can't play the sport right. without knowing yeah, how to can't. direct. I mean, for people who don't know, it's like the ball, if the ball goes from like the top right of the field to the top left of the field, it's like, you gotta let everyone know. <laughs> Cause, oh yeah, because people are like not looking at the ball. You know, what I mean, that, if that, they are looking at the ball, it's a problem. Yeah, I remember like, uh, uh, who, I forgot who it was, but I was I was like watching a lacrosse game with someone who wasn't into lacrosse, and he was like, why Why is the goalie like saying where the ball is? Like, doesn't everyone like know? Like, isn't that isn't that like aren't you supposed to know like where the ball is? Right. Like, isn't that like you the basic step? Yeah. So it's just like. But yeah, there's got to be some kind of link of like, you know, I mean, everyone says goalies are weird, but oh, there's got to be a reason why that's a thing. Right. You know? Well, I mean, we, we are okay with getting hit with yeah. uh, a very fast shot with no padding yeah. at all. Which... Literally, yeah, none. It's like the equivalent as a hockey shot, basically. Yeah, but hockey shot, I, I didn't feel it. 
Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like if you were to play hockey goalie with right. no pads. Yeah. I mean, maybe the puck is a little colder, so it's like a the little puck harder. Sucks. And... I've taken a oh, shot yeah. with a puck. You and get it right here. And it, it cuts you oh, yeah. because it's like spinning. Yeah, and yeah. so that, when it hits you, in whether you're missing padding on the leg or something like the inner thigh yeah. is usually the spot that I would get hit, it would burn and then it would cut the skin. And like I know what a burn's like in lacrosse where oh, yeah. it misses you. Yeah, yeah. But oh it's my different, yeah. gosh. Because you got that, you got the spin on it from the stick. And yeah, yeah, it's just, and it's interesting because you're taking that shot and it's just going. But for lacrosse, they're also, and at the higher levels, they're putting so much spin on it too. Mm-hmm. And if you miss it by just a, an yeah. inch, that burns. And no, it, regardless, you're going to feel it and it's, yeah, there's something psychotic about it, absolutely. Yeah, there is. Uh, I don't know. What I'm curious is, is, like, does the goalie position, like, attract the weird people? Or hmm. or do the or do normal people go play goalie and that makes them weird? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know what I'm trying to, you know what I'm trying to get no, at? No, no, absolutely. Yeah. I'm thinking because it's yeah. something that... You know, you have. I remember I was in. For me personally, I was an RC guy before right, I had same. played lacrosse, yeah, same. and so I don't know if that's for everybody. I also know the goalie that I looked up to in college was. He was just a an oddball. Who was that? Uh, Brian Neff, and he played for the Lizards okay. for a minute. Ne- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and he was a familiar. three-time All-American at Ursinus, and he was the one that really taught me in one year what I needed to know right. um, to play at that level because I just wasn't ready right. going into it. <laughs> yeah. So um, he was so calm in the net, mm-hmm. but yet when you would get him outside or in the locker room, I mean, he was just wild. Like he, yeah, yeah, well, he wasn't psychotic, like crazy, like yeah. bashing his head, but yeah, like, yeah. he was hilarious. And he Life of the party type guy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, those kind of people, I'm not sure if he's artsy, he's an economics guy, he's yeah. now working in tax and but i mean rts in the sense is like um like got something different in their head oh absolutely our our outlets are art you know i mean right some some guys outlets are like numbers or you know whatever it is absolutely like i mean austin was the same austin cow was this was the same way the dude was a freaking animal what's he like and he's just got when i think of austin cow i think of just wide-eyed and yes. just always going <laughs> yes. crazy yes i mean yeah he he was probably my favorite guy to you know to to watch play because he he would make off stick saves but like he wouldn't have to like reach like he was so good at like his feet were like so good his off stick saves would look like stick side saves because oh, he would just awesome. get there you know what i mean like right. that he wouldn't have he would never do this he was always just right here like that in front All right i loved watching him man. and and he was he was one of those guys in the locker room you know just an awesome guy to have in the locker room. Always bringing people up. Always, you know, practice squad guys were part of the team. You know, a lot of other guys weren't. That wasn't really the case. But like right. for him, same with Scott Rogers was like, we were part of the team. That dude was, you know, took me under his wing. Really tried to teach me as much as I could in the time that I had with him. And yeah, I mean those those guys. You know, I, there's a story about Austin doing naked cartwheels and stuff in the <laughs> locker room. And like, yeah, I mean, always had a piece of bubble gum in his Can mouth. Can you tell like, the story? Yeah, yeah. So like. <laughs> It was after I forgot. It was some home game. I forgot what it was, but uh, and this is with the Florida launch. Yeah, this is the launch. Yeah, yeah. And we were all like huddled. You know, we were all huddling up. Tony with your um, uh, Mariano was saying whatever he was. You know, saying I don't even remember. And like every you know every now and again we'd have like kids like to come visit the locker room. You know, check out the pro locker room. Like so amazing. You know, what I mean, it's <laughs> such a great time. 
you know. Did you guys have your own locker? Like actually, no, it was like at FAU. I mean, it was it was at FAU. It was at uh, Florida Atlantic University. Right. It was at their stadium, so it was like right. their home. Locker. And so they would like put up Florida launch. Signs. They wouldn't even now. Nah, they, <laughs> they, they they didn't even go that far. <laughs> yeah. I love pro lacrosse. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. There's it's a dream. Yeah. I want to play pro lacrosse. It is it is the most organized men's league in the world. That's great. You know, not anymore with Peel, but. Yes. But anyway, so yeah, these kids were there like checking out the locker room, you know, such a great, you know, check it out, it's a pro lacrosse, it's so great. And Austin was still in the shower, and all of a sudden, Austin comes out of the shower and starts doing like these naked cartwheels around, like, let's go, boys, you know, doing it. <laughs> and these kids are just standing there, like, and we're all just like, yo, chill, <laughs> chill. And yeah, dude, oh. yeah, he was, he was an animal. His thing. His thing, so we would, like, go out after games, you know, it was, we would mainly just go out with, like, the team, you know, mm-hmm. the, we, we didn't really get, like, too crazy, it was just, like, the team and, you know, random wives or, like, girlfriends that yeah. were in town or whatever, and his thing was, like, Vadi Waddies, like, Vodka Waters was his thing, like, he swore if you drank only Vadi Waddies, as he called them, I'd never heard it before, but. I'd never either. If you only drank Vadi Waddies, you will never get a hangover. He's, like, it's the magical cure, like, if you want to get drunk and you don't want a hangover, Vadi Waddies, which, like, I could not stand the taste of at all, but, like... No. Oh, they're disgusting. No, yeah, we would have... Them. We would That's have, how I drink. Yeah, my, my friend Alex Middleman, when we would have coin night at, at the trap, which was on Sunday nights, they would spin a wheel, yeah. and you would figure out if the drinks were 5, 10, 25, or 50 cents for an hour. Oh, jeez. And you get these plastic <laughs> cups, and all you do is you put them on the tray, you, you chug your drink, yeah. put it back on the tray, chug your drink, put it on the tray, and... Um, he said, you just, I would at the beginning have rum and Cokes and I would have blistering hangovers because I just can't. Oh, yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. And Coke's he, like all sugar. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so Mids was like, you got to do vodka soda. And that's what cured it. It's like, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is, but. No, I mean, if, yeah, it works. I mean, that like, I'm all about, you know, vodka soda I can handle. You know, at least it gives you a little something to. Flavor. A little bit the of the, water, the buzz. You know what I mean? The but he water was, does nothing. He was vodka and water. And it My was, it just tasted gosh. like, yeah, like it was bad. Yeah, it was gross. No. I was never about it. He swore on him. I was never about it. Yeah, he was, he was a cool guy. I really liked that kid. I'm happy he's still playing too. I think he's way under undervalued like as where's a he at now i think he's with the lizards yeah. oh fun yeah okay. he like you know he like wore the full shoulder pad chest pad he like had his own style you know i mean it was like a real he had like, shoulder pads not like shoulder pads but he had like the maverick guards that had like the big shoulder things on him, whoa you know I mean? yeah dude yeah look up yeah let me just for anybody up. that doesn't know about goalies they yeah. don't wear shoulder pads they wear no. uh, a bikini or a, i don't even know what you're gonna call it but they don't it's wear like a anything. tank top yeah tank, but, yeah, yeah like exactly yeah, so he was. He you was said this was like the Joe Rogan experience, so you're our Jamie. You're oh, yeah, looking I'm up Jamie. the facts. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to find, yeah, I don't know. This is him right here. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And he was totally like, he, I, he, he must have had ADHD. He was like, he was like you know, like twitching around. Oh, he's all gone. That. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's like the classic goalie. Yeah. Yeah, he had like the big. Like the big shoulder yeah. pad thing. Like, oh you know, my gosh! Like, yeah, but but look at how calm he looks. Like dude. he just looks so neutral, and that, and that throws the player off, so the shooter off so much when that he was, just yeah. remained calm. That was the biggest thing that I think changed my game. And unfortunately, I did it after my last ML tryout. So there was like a tryout when those two teams folded. They call it like a relocation tryout, mm-hmm. and it was like invite only. So it was like dudes who had been on teams before. And they need to like sort everything around because they were down two teams, and that was like for me. I was like, this is it. Like this, I knew the other goalies that were gonna be there. Like, 
No offense to those guys, but I thought I was way better than any of those guys. As you there. should. I won't drop names, but no, I, I no, felt pretty yeah, confident absolutely. going into it. But I just played like shit. Because, and, and the reason why was because I was so, like, I was so, like, tense and so, like, wanting to do I was just dipping. I, I was all over the place, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And when I remember when I came back, the next time I was I played after that, I was just like, you know, I'm just going to kind of, like, stand there, like, Galloway style and just chill and just let my body do it, yeah. you know what I mean? And it was just... A million John times Galloway. better. John yeah. Galloway. Oh, yeah. It was a million times better. He's a little more shaky, but, like, he's real standing Oh, up, he's very you know much I mean? shaky, but he is calm. Like, yes. he's, he doesn't move his knees. Like, yes. he, he could move his upper body to yeah. kind of throw you off as a shooter, but yeah. I loved watching his videos in high school because oh, yeah. he just would react, and I was a very reactionary goalie yes. in high school. Neff, Brian Neff turned me into the calm, yes. you got to know your position, yes. Dave Page, my coach at the time. They changed to I was such a low goalie because of hockey, right? And right. then in college they changed me to get more upright. Mm-hmm. You're short, you can't do that. So I stayed upright, and then you know, I became even better at the high shots than I was at the low shots, right, which was right. just completely reversed. Yeah, because opposite. Yeah. I just stayed calm, and it's so interesting when you go to the East Coast and start playing that yeah. those shooters can pick up on your tendencies so quickly. Oh, yeah. And I just wasn't used to that coming from Missouri, so mm-hmm. it had to change fast. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's weird. I tell a lot of guys I work with now, it's like they're 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 doing that whole thing where they're gripping their stick real hard, mm. and it, and it's it's weird. All one hundred percent of the goalie position, in my opinion, is all muscle memory. It's all you're never like if you think about it, like you're never like okay, you're never in your stance and someone shoots the ball and you're never like oh, okay, it's off stick high. Like I'm gonna take my <laughs> top in. You know, I mean, you yeah, just, right. it, you've done it a million times. You see where it's going. You know what that looks like for the glossy guy, and you just do it. So, mm-hmm. like, the guys who try and, like, overthink it and, like, stand real, real still, you know, real tense and like that, they, they, they dip. That's where you get that dip, that hitch. If you're just there and you're like, okay, all I'm going to do is I'm going to work on two things. I'm going to be in the right position when the shooter's ready to shoot. We'll call it three things. I'm going to be in the right position in the cage, left and right wise. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be set in my stance, my, my correct stance. I'm not, I'm not real low. I'm not, you know, I'm in the stance. I see shots from all the time. And I'm going to have my eyes in the right spot. So I'm going to have my eyes where the shooter's, you know, stick is or whatever, however you want to do it. And then from there, just let your body do the rest. And like, yeah. and these kids, like, I'll, I say that in, in a practice. I'm like, I don't want you to think about moving to the shot. I just want you to just do those three things and see what happens. And they, like, just go right to it, like, every time. It's just, like, a such a muscle memory reaction. And, like, any high-level sport, I think, is a lot of that. You know what I mean? Like, swinging a baseball bat or, like, you know. I don't know, running back, like, hitting the hole. You know what I mean? They're not, like, yeah, thinking about blockers, it. Yeah. They're just, like, it's just what they train all the time, and they just shut their brain off, and it just, like, happens, you know? Yeah, I mean, I started playing flag football down here, and one of my – the guy who runs the defense, Dion Wilkins, would say, just play ball. And I would yeah, overthink exactly. every yeah. little bit of yeah. rushing the quarterback because they just had me go on a full-on sprint towards <laughs> the quarterback because um, I was – that's what I like to do, and right. they were like, "All right, you can do that." Because I'd never played football in my life, right. not even in eighth grade. So I got in there. He was like, "Just do your job, but you gotta, you gotta stay calm because they're reacting to you just as much as you're reacting right. to them." Just like a lacrosse exactly, goal, where it's yeah. like you have to understand that they're gonna see your tendencies. Yeah. They're gonna see if you drop, and if you just stay here. Yeah. I mean, TJ says it to me. Oh, TJ Kemp, when yeah. we're out there, he's like. Ellie, you just don't move. Like it just it pisses me off. And, I, and it's I'm that like, easy, bro. Right? It's that easy. It's at the end of the day, it's a six by six. And that's what you got to protect. And if like if you get scored on like six side high, and you, you know you do this crazy movement, a lot of times you go back in the cage and you're like, I was here. All I had to do to make that save was that. Is like, it? it's just it's it's just a weird thing. Like, it, 
if, if someone could figure out how to train guys to just move efficiently like every time and just I don't know how you can do it because well I think that's the evolution of sport I mean yeah. we're seeing that evolution as to like you're bringing a different set of criteria yeah. because of the things you learned mm-hmm. that other goalies didn't and applying it to other sports I mean I know that I had a goalie coach in hockey that I listened to that I still to this day oh, yeah. remember the things that he said and apply it to not only hockey and lacrosse, but just different aspects of life. So right. I, I I stretch every day. And oh, it's like, yeah, that I is wish. Like, it's, oh, my God. <laughs> it's something that I have to do because my knees, if I don't, I like they're going to creak. Dude. And so it's it's something that I remember from those moments, and then I can apply it to whatever kids that I'm teaching, and I'm sure you do the same thing. And that's the evolution of it, and that's where that's where you just see that improvement. Like you think of Austin Cout when he's making that off-stick, hip sa- or off-stick yeah. high save, I remember a, a coach uh, with true lacrosse. He was like, don't think about getting your entire body out to it. Just think about dragging this bottom left right, hand right. out. Straight lines. Exactly, yeah. the straight lines. It's, it's all about the geometrics of it, and that's yeah. how my mind worked at the time. Yeah. And so him simplifying it to that level yep. just allowed me to project it and just replicate it. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. You, uh, It seems like lacrosse – Shooters are always getting faster and more accurate and all this, and goalies are kind of stuck at the same, you know, step at the ball. You know, you see all these kids that come with all these super bad habits, like, you know, attack the ball, step straight at the ball. You know, you want to, like, Bill Pilot, you know, he's done, or Platt, I don't even know, I'm pretty sure it's Pilot. Pilot. Yeah, yeah, it is Pilot. He's done so much for the sport and the position, especially, and I'm not knocking on him in any way, shape, or form, because he's one of the OGs, like, 100%. But some of the stuff that I've had, that I've worked with kids that have gone there, and it's just like, it's just a little outdated, you know? Right. It's just a little outdated. That's why I'm working with Goalie Smith now a lot. Uh, those guys are really, you know, you can't, those guys are really on, on the edge of it. Like, mm-hmm. those guys are really, it was cool because the first time I ever worked with them, we were kind of talking, like, you know, over, like, technique and stuff like that. And we were kind of, like, finishing each other's sentences. Like, things that I thought I thought of myself, you know what I mean? And, like, things that they thought, like, they thought of their self, we kind of had the same, like, idea. And I think that's why they've invited me back to so many of their stuff yeah. and, now they're helping me with this reset lacrosse thing that I'm trying to do, so it's good to have those guys, you know, on my side. Yeah, I mean that's fun when they're they're on the same page as you, and they're really involved just in the goalie community. community yeah. They know how to get kids' names out there. Oh, and yeah. For for you and I, I would have loved to have oh, somebody yeah. just advocate for me like that. Put my handle out there, show me in a warm up, just yeah. making a couple saves. What does my step look like? Yeah. At a simplified level, right. I mean, I would. My dad's a photographer, and he photographed me throughout my playing careers in all sports and I was like dad just just get me in my stance because I, right. I want to see what I look like right and he's like I mean that's not an action so I was right, like, right. I don't care <laughs> yeah, I just matter. need to see what I look like so I can judge myself and then try and get better at the end because that's what goalie Smith's doing they really know that um I hate to be cliche but there's an art form to it oh like, yeah you have to improve on that art form oh, yeah. to how can I step to the ball how can I go from post to middle back to the post or step inside the net to get to that cross crease shot and there's all those little tendencies that if you can visualize it it makes it so much easier for those goalies i think visual is a huge part of it too like maybe that's the art form it's like just seeing something and being able to assess and adapt yeah it could be a part of it i i think totally uh I think, I mean, I'm definitely a visual learner. Me too. I would assume that you are yes. as well. I'd assume that, you know, if we took a poll of goalies in any sport, 
you know, I would be surprised if less than 80% of them all would say that they're visual learners. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's just, like, back to that thing. It's, like, a weird thing that they have in their mind. But, like, really quick also on Goalie Smith, like, that thing has evolved, by the way, from an instructional camp to, like, a workout to, like, now it's, like, a full, like, recruiting thing. Like, those guys, like, those, those so those guys started traveling around state to state and, like, putting on clinics, like, more instructional-type clinics, you know, where they... And it was a genius idea they had. They would get the best shooters in each area, and that's kind of how they would market it. They're like, we got the best shooters in town. Like, if you want to see the best shots, like, you know, come check it out. So they would go state to state. Like, they, they had this, like, van and trailer. They'd go all the way around, all the way to California and back, dude. Yeah, they, they had they pulled this trailer with, like, all their stuff in it. How many of them are there? Two. It's two brothers. And where are they out of? Uh, they're out of Maryland. They live in Maryland. One went oh. to Hofstra and one went to Delaware. Both goalies. Sorry, Andrew, Mike, if I'm not getting it right, but yeah, <laughs> Hofstra and Delaware. Yeah, both goalies. Yeah, both. Do the Jamie check. Yeah, out. yeah, both. No, I'm almost positive. <laughs> okay, I'm okay. gonna go ahead and say that I got that right. You got it. Um, but yeah, bo- both goalies and and their their like whole story and how they. I mean, they're making they're making good. Oh, right I'm now, sure dude. you. When we were in from the one clinic, dude, I can only imagine. They're, they're make yeah. So they started out going state to state, right? They, and they're like, "This is a huge pain in the ass. We're having to drive, you know, across the freaking country to go back, you know, to do it all." But they uh-huh. they grinded. They did it right. Then they went from that to putting on. They did a like an overnight camp that I coached at, like the goalie experience, which was like one of the coolest things I've ever done. You know, really? like, it was so sick. It was like it was basically like a goalie con- a lacrosse goalie convention. It was like everyone who was everyone in the lacrosse goalie community was there. It was like oh, you awesome. know Troutner was coaching there, like the 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 Ohio State goalie coach was there, like filming, like Drake Porter was there coaching, like all these sick guys were there coaching, like and it was sick. I, I've got a video on my phone somewhere of it where it's like everyone doing the warm up lap. And it's like, I didn't even picture them doing, I didn't even take a video of them running. I just took it off the ground. And all you heard was like the net guards, like, you know, going up and down. It was like this like symphony of like net guards. You know what I mean? It was like, it was like, if you know, if you know this noise, you know what's going on. Like, and it was crazy. It was like, I don't know. It was like a hundred and something goalies, like the best kids in the nation. Uh And it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like, there weren't very many bad kids there. It was like all like ballers, like a hundred percent ballers. It was so much fun. So they went from that. They put that on. Unfortunately, this one got canceled because of all the stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. And now they literally just stay in Maryland. And they put on clinics like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And they have all the dudes that they were going and traveling to. They all just go to Maryland now and go to these clinics. Wow, well, paid off. And they put on three clinics a week. They make their money and like that's what they do. Oh. Yeah. It's sick. It's sick. Those guys, they really revolutionized like the position. They revolutionized the sport. I mean, now if any coach is like, war- is, like wondering about like... I was talking with them when I was in Maryland last time coaching one of their clinics. They're like, "Oh yeah, we talked about. Or we'll call him James because I don't, you know." Uh, they're like, "Yeah, the, this one school's coach reached out to me and asked for like the best twenty twos. Like, who you got?" And they're, you know, they're like, "Well, yeah, James. You know, Mark. You know, blah blah blah. Whatever they list yeah. off on it. So it's like kind of evolved from like an instructional thing to like a uh, workout and like get better thing, get good reps thing into now it's like kind of like a re- whole like recruiting thing. Like if you want to get your name out there, you like you go to a Goldie Smith clinic. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's kind of what I'm trying to do with like reset down here in the south, like kind of do that same thing for southern goalies because they don't we don't get a lot of love down here. I'm not, no. I'm not gonna group myself because I've only been down here for three years, but like that's a long time. Yeah, I mean you know it's long enough to get integrated yes. with the lacrosse community at least a little bit. And you have, I mean, to yeah, see the I mean, talent that you've worked with, and yeah, I mean, just Ethan, dude, Barlag is an yeah. Animal. I mean, I don't know if we can put high schoolers just name drop a high schooler, but 
Ethan to say to hear you yeah, say we'll, that he we'll call it Ethan. Yeah, Ethan, I'll say Ethan yeah. he, the fact that he was able to transition to from what you said he was and he just oh, yeah. wasn't as good a goalie. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is one of the best goalies I've seen at his he's age. Sick. Yeah, he's sick. He, he just knows how to use his body. Yeah. yeah, and that was the thing. Like that, you know, that's a lot of the reason why he like wasn't as good as he is now. I'm not gonna take full credit for it, but a lot of it was because he just literally like grew into his body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's like a six six like six five <laughs> like lengthy dude when you see him run he's got like a like giraffe you know legs like this dude does not look like he'd be athletic at all but when you see him in his stance and you see him like fire those hands off dude and that's the thing like in film it doesn't do it per- it doesn't do it justice like you see this kid in person move and you see how quickly yes. that size can move it's like insane it's crazy right. so yeah I-, I hope he I hope he goes where he wants to go, man. He, he, I, I have a really good feeling that he could really make a difference on whatever team he wants to go to. You know. I agree, and yeah. his his attitude and work oh. ethic, which is it's just a huge yeah. plus in any situation in any sport. Yeah. If you have that ability to just not care about the circumstances and just go out there and play, yeah, he's he's got that attitude, and that's that's exciting because the goalies that you work with, it, they have that mindset yeah. from you to be able to say, I'm. You just have to be receptive. Right. I'm sure you instill it in them when you start, and just oh, say, yeah. you have to be receptive of what I'm doing. I've yeah. played at the highest level, and yeah. these are the things. Because you can even tell with Barlag when you or with Ethan that he has. <laughs> they know now. <laughs> it's all good. No. It's fine. I think it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that he'll be on here, he'll be like, "Oh, oh. <laughs> what up, Barlag? Thank you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you guys for putting me on the show." <laughs> We love you, Barlack. Yeah. Oh, represent 3D lacrosse. Oh yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it. Um, yeah, but no, he's a, he's he's an absolute animal. And a lot of things that like one thing I really try and preach, and I didn't, I wasn't expecting this to be like a whole lacrosse thing, but I, I love, didn't either. Yeah. But yeah. I love that it is because like the, the like two goalies, I, I've I've felt like this could be a thing for like a long time. Like two goalies just like talk about like things other than like yeah, you know, oh I got to step, you know, like just the classic like you know goalie stuff. But anyways, like, one thing I really try and preach when I'm, like, giving kids lessons or, like, working with kids is, like, everyone's so worried about the ball going in the net that, like, they forget to work on the things they got to work on. You know uh-huh. what I mean? So you got you to, gotta like, build that muscle memory. So, like, in my lessons, I'm like, dude, listen, right now the priority is shifting from keeping the ball out of the net at, at any cost, which I want you to keep. In games, that is the number one priority. But right now, it's shifting from that to now the top priority is you know, working on what you got to work on, working on specific things that I'm giving you to work on, whatever it is that I think you need to work on, you know, and that you got to start building that muscle memory up so that when, when it comes time to, you know, put that priority back where it's supposed to be of keeping the ball and that at any cost, you get that muscle memory that we worked on in practice. Right. You know I mean? So I think a lot of that kind of like calmness and that coachability kind of comes from like that kind of mindset that I try and preach in yeah. you know, when I'm working with them. And that's great. Cause I remember when I would have goalies in St. Louis, I had a, a sheet of, because my college coach always had the practice built out just minute by minute. And so I would do, we have an hour session, 15 minutes, we're going to do this, block it off. And I would try to focus on a couple of different things. Mm-hmm. You said that you focus on one thing every single time that you guys are fo- yeah, or doing a clinic. Part, yeah. And you just focus on that, which I love. Yeah. But ger- just having a segmented time for those those goalies to focus on whether it's stepping or just driving that top hand right there's those little aspects yeah that's gonna turn into instinct and right, they exactly. don't even have to worry about it in a game because exactly. all of a sudden oh i just remember that motion i can do it and it almost becomes yeah. or it becomes muscle memory well there are plenty of kids out there that you warm them up and they look they look insane you're like this kid's oh, not yeah. gonna let a single ball <laughs> oh, in yeah. 
you're warming them up, you know, you you know, six out high, off stick high, you're doing, you're, they know where it's going. And you're like, dude, this kid looks like an absolute stud. Yeah. And then he gets into a game where it's like, it turns from like practice switch and then like that instinct switch like turns on. It's a completely different goalie. I mean, I know I would never flop. I barely ever flopped like in warm-ups or like maybe once in, now and again in practice mm-hmm. when I got like really into practice, I would flop. But like in a game, I was like flopping left and right. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. like, it's just like a different... And that's another thing that I think a big jump in the goalie kind of position as a whole will, I think it'll make a big jump once that gap kind of starts getting closed and kids can start playing like they play in warmups in games. I mean, it's hard and, and, you know, it's gonna, I don't know how to change it, but I think that's something that could really make a big jump, you know? And, yeah. Well, it starts with the mindset. Yeah. In my mind, that's, that's where it starts because when I would get ready for warmups, it's, it's your, you're ready. You're out there. You don't. What have kind to... of warm up guy were you? Were you were you like a like a headphones in like locked in completely? Were you like joking around with everyone like completely locked in? Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. I um in college, uh, I had the book Mind Gym, and every game I would read a chapter either on the bus or right before I would go out for warm ups, and it just locked me into that zone of visualizing failure, visualizing yep. success, and I would have headphones in. Yep. Just locked. I was that way too. I would I would watch um, I'd watch goalie highlights, like on the bus. I'd yeah. be in the back. I'd watch like goalie save compilations. I watched watch Galloway. Yeah, Ga- in, in or whatever school. it was yeah, that I yeah. found, you know. And then I yeah, and then I would sit back there, close my eyes, and like have my hands like this, and like visualize, you know, just be like, you yeah. know, what I mean, like this, like mm-hmm. getting locked in. But I knew I knew a couple kids that were like totally jokesters, and like that's how they got locked in. They'd be like, you know, j- you know, jumping around the bus, like you know, slapping people around, you know, like yep. just completely lighthearted. And that's like that was their way of like getting ready to go. So yeah, I mean that was enough for us. And then I'm thinking my uh, my best friend Kirk, who was the the goalie in my class, we came yeah. in together. Um, he ended up winning the conference championship against Gettysburg our senior year forever grateful <laughs> yeah. and um and i don't i'm trying to think of what his routine was but he always seemed like a more at least than me he was right. always a more laid back right, um, right. i was very locked oh, yeah, in same. i remember for the gettysburg game i had a broken foot at the time i i knew that i did but i played through it right um <laughs> uh andrew tortelius was sitting right across from me in the locker room and i got so locked in um that i think i blacked out because <laughs> I, I didn't want to feel my foot and I remember coming to a little bit, and he's just staring at me. He goes, I've never seen someone that locked in in my entire life. And it's, oh. <laughs> it scared the shit out Let's of go me. Let's go, Shivitz. What was, like, your nickname? Was it, like, Shivitz, Shiv? Like, Shevitz. She- yeah. oh, is it Shevitz? Yeah, Shevitz. You guys me Shevitz. Yeah, you can call it Shivitz. Damn, I've been calling you Shivitz this I love it. Time. It works. I just, I, I, naturally, what comes to me is Shiv. All right, Shiv. I love like, it. No, no, no. Right. I was... Um, I was Chevbone uh, because um, uh, because yeah, freshman beer, yeah, <laughs> reasons, um, and then um, it was just Chevitz, um, but there was just thing, there's still things carved in Earth Sciences campus that mm-hmm. say um, yeah Chevitz fucks all over campus, which is uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, not something I'm proud of. Um, it has I did not, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, some uh-huh, seniors uh-huh. literally just made it up and, uh-huh. and sure <laughs> sure yeah we can say that it's all good sorry yeah. Barlag <laughs> yeah, yeah, <sorry. laughs> you have a lot to look forward to in yeah. college my guy no that that Barlag is going to be such a gem in college uh, it, whatever college he goes to yes. the team is just going to absolutely love that kid you know uh-huh. he's going to be how a, can you not he's going to be a complete like team guy it's going to be it's going to be great I'm excited for his yeah. his college career yeah man 
Did yeah. you have to get locked in in college when playing MCLA? Like, did that change when you were okay? Dude, we we saw we everyone on that team we treated it like it was freaking Maryland versus Virginia. Oh, I love it, it. Yeah, I mean it was starting freshman year or when did that? Uh, happen? no, I'd say really. So the freshman year senior group, those guys were all pretty much shitheads for the most part. <laughs> they were yeah. they were you know the beer drinking guys. Yeah, you and needed all to kind of wipe them out. Yeah, so I'd say really like end of sophomore year, we kind of started to realize that we could like kind of be good and that the league, like the the MCLA as a whole is like a, a lot more serious than I think a lot of people think it is. Like the teams at the top of the MCLA are legitimate lacrosse teams mm-hmm. i think we kind of started to realize that i don't think really none of the, no one in that team really knew that that was the case so i think the kind of end of our sophomore year beginning of our junior year we started to really really realize it you know going all the way through our junior year our sophomore year we went to the national championship so that was you know we, we made it to the tournament we didn't like you know we lost in the first round but like that really kind of made us realize you know it was in california we went to california there was a whole big setup and everything it was nice. it was being filmed on tv you know all that kind of stuff and kind of showed us, like, oh, yeah, like, this is, like, pretty legit. If you want to make it legit, like, mm-hmm. you can really get after it. So, you know, junior year, we, we you know, tried our hardest. And senior year, we, like, just went all out. Like, virtual varsity, like, four times a week practice. Like, you know, film sessions with the boys. You know, like, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty legit. Uh, we went undefeated that year. And then th- this is, see, this is the other end of the MCLA, though. We went undefeated that year. And we got the 14th seed in the, yeah. In the in the national tournament, so we made it to the national tournament undefeated. How many teams make it? Uh, fifteen. There's like fifteen, bro. There's like fifteen from oh, each league. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was yeah fifteen or sixteen. I can't remember. What do you mean each league? I mean not each league, each division. So there's there's MCLA D one and MCLA oh, D two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And usually it is the case where the D one is better than the D two, like for sure. We were D two, so we were like the so like I'd say the best teams that we play were like division you know MCLA Division one probably. Yeah. Mid-tier D2, NCAA D2, maybe, you know, top 15, top 20 D2. I'm not even going to say that. Probably, if I had to place, like, where MCLA D2 is, and maybe a lot of people are going to disagree with me, but I would say, I would say probably, like, the top end MCLA D2 is, like, probably, I don't know, anywhere from 20th to, not higher than top 10, but not lower than lower 20 of, like, D2 NCAA. Okay. So it's like, you know, it's like decent lacrosse, you know. Yeah, you're playing. But we also played some teams that, like, literally couldn't pass and catch. <laughs> like, okay, fair. Like Johnson and Wales in Denver. Like, they literally, I mean, our 3D team would smoke them. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay, like, yeah. It, yeah, it's, like, bad. Fair. And also the depth on our team is, in MCLA, is, like, very poor, too. I'm so sure. like, yeah. We had, like, a couple kids that were, like, Division One NCAA talent. Like, we had that attackman. You know, I was looking at Division One schools when I was going to play. We had, like, a poll that was there. But then after that, we had, like, this kid named, who we called Bubbles. Have you seen Trailer Park Boys? Oh, yes. Yeah, we called him Bubbles. And, like, he was Bubbles, bro. Like, legitimately, he was, like, He had the Bubbles. glasses and everything? Nah, uh, he had glasses, <laughs> but, like, he was, I mean, he, you know. Got it. He yeah. was Bubbles. Yeah, he was Bubbles. Did he like yeah. cats? Uh, he liked some crazy shit. Some <laughs> shit I don't want to talk to on right. here, but like, sorry, there bubbles. are some crazy bubble stories. Let's just get that. And like, Man. but he was like a team guy. He was like one of those guys where oh, you, yeah, we you all, and all your friends can make fun of him, but if anyone guy. else makes fun of him, don't you, know, you dare. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. That's our yeah. guy. But yeah, so, um, yeah. So we, anyways, we were four, we were the 14 seed. So we had to play the number, uh, two seed, two or three seed. I can't remember. Concordia Irvine University, who their goalie, Ronnie Fernando, I don't know if you know who that is, if you've heard that name before. Mm-hmm. 
he was like a backup goalie for the ML. He was like the emergency backup goalie for like the MLL, um, uh, like their like whole whatever they did this year during COVID. I don't even know, like the tournament, you know, whatever they did. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. So yeah, he was like that guy. So he 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 dabbled into professional league, and we had to play them. We lost by two points. So it was like. 14 seed and number two seed play each other, and it was a two-point game. So I was like, kind of, you know, screwy. So there's my uh, reliving in the glory days. No, I mean, I'm still always living in the glory days. I mean, I I just, I was talking to a friend uh, the other night on on the podcast, and he was saying there's nothing like putting on your college jersey just because of what you go through Mm -hmm. with your friends. I mean, you said you had team film. Oh, yeah, we were... We didn't even have... We were tight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure when it's run by the players, it's even that much more of a bond Yeah, uh, because you're holding yourselves accountable. Oh, yeah, it was insane. I mean, I was in a fraternity, and... You know, the fraternity was, I had a couple of friends in my freshman year that, you know, I wanted to join with, but like the lacrosse team was like way, I feel like I had to choose, it wouldn't even be close. Like right. we were way tighter than the fraternity guys were like by a long margin. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you just, you learn to work and get better. And, um, just for me personally, putting on that Jersey, um, you had so much built into it so much pride for yourself but also for the legacy that of players that had played before yeah and by our senior year um the people the turnout that we had for games of alumni was oh, just yeah. like oh my gosh yeah. like, this means so much to them oh yeah that you want to just perform for them but also for your brothers and yep. so that's something that i don't think can be compared even if uh professional was an option like right. that's something that oh yeah you're no. you're playing the politics game yes yeah. then you're there and you're worried about those Money, little things yeah, all, that. all of it yeah. and um it's i mean nfl way. guys aren't as t- nfl teams aren't yes. as tight as college teams yeah I mean, it's so know. much more pure and there's something yeah. about it that um you get to build that bond and the chemistry that goes along with it um and also it's the first time in your life that you get to live on your own right. so you <laughs> add that element into it that people often overlook it's just yeah those things you're growing together and then you get to go showcase for your school and yeah that's that's what i was gonna say like though like you're like in in nfl you're like you're playing like for yourself for the most part i mean there are probably like some rare teams where it's been like really tight where it's like you know we'll play for the chiefs you know chiefs ever die you know what i mean but like in college it's like you know buckeyes you know ohio state versus michigan is like more than the sport you know what i mean it's like those dudes are out there playing for like something that they like bleed for you know what i mean and like that's that's why, like, I think watching college football can sometimes be more exciting than, than the NFL because those guys are out there, like, you know, flying around, yeah. just giving it their all. No, I agree 100%. It's something that you – and that's why I was so set on playing at the college level was because even if it was D3, and in your case, MCLA, you, yeah. you wanted to change the program's trajectory. Yeah. I could see that we were so close – and it took another four years for right. us to hit the goal that we all wanted to attain, which was beat Gettysburg, win the conference. Right. Um, obviously, it's national championship, but for the players, right, right, that was our rival that we had never beat in program yeah, history. Definitely. So to be able to accomplish that and and do that with that team, you're learning every step of the way what to do, what not to do, what to do, what not to do, and right. then by the senior year, and you're the leaders of that pack. It's something that. You get to make the decision of yeah. where this program goes for the next season and beyond. Yeah. I mean, picture that, but then also picture you're in charge of 
of getting the hotels for the trips. You're in charge of <laughs> you're in charge of getting all the uniforms. You're in charge of you know getting the bus driver, making sure the bus got gas. You know, making sure that it's insured. You know, getting practice field space. It's all through the players. You know, I mean, we had one dude, Jack Lundine, who was a complete savage, who was the president. And if we didn't have him, we would not have done what we did because, I mean, it takes all that. You know, we had a coach. We we had, you know, Chris Kelly was an awesome coach, and he put a lot of his own money, a lot of his own time to it. But at the end of the day, it's like we were the ones meeting. We had a special operations manager who would deal with all the travel information. We would have a – I was the quartermaster who would deal with all getting all the gear, making sure we got shooter shirts, making sure we got helmets, all that shit. We had, I'm sure that gear was sick. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Yeah, naturally, yeah. But I mean, you know, it's like when you when you when you take that much more ownership for it, and when it's like your baby, you know yes. what I mean? It's like it's like a whole nother level of like of like accomplishment when you do something good. You know what I mean? When you get to that level, it's like a whole whole nother feeling. It's like you raise this freaking child. You know what I mean? It's yes. like it's fine growing up. But yeah, I mean, I don't think a lot of people understand. You know, maybe different schools are different, but like I don't think people understand how much player run. I mean, finances are all run through the players. I had no idea. We had a bank account. We had, like, we had it all, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. And MC, uh, I was going to help with KSU this year, Kennesaw State, and they just canceled their season, bro. Their school just canceled their season. Yeah, I mean, hearing that, that's just... Can so... you imagine being a senior? And and your senior year, Jack Sawyer, your senior year canceled. Oh, my gosh, Jack. Yeah, that dude is grinding, too. He was so good when he would come out and play yes and he was he was like really wanting to oh for sure it's your senior year regardless yeah, yeah. he was like training he was like hitting the wall he was like taking reps every day like shooting left right the whole nine and yeah gone do you think he would play at the next level seriously no. i mean he's one of those dudes that like you know in, in in my experience to play at that level i mean it's a little bit different now with the pll right with the pll you really got to have like a name you know what i mean you got to like be you either got to play D1 and, and, and really have made a difference on the team, or you got to be someone that's, like, super marketable. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Paul Rabel. Like, Paul Rabel isn't, in my opinion, isn't at the level of those other guys oh, no. playing-wise. But he started the league. But he's Paul Rabel. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? like, yeah, exactly. Like, same with Scotty Rogers. Like, Scotty Rogers was a sick goalie, you know what I mean? Has his time passed him up in the cage? Maybe a little bit. Do I think he could still play? Absolutely. But, like, he's Scotty Rogers. not going to not have my He's marketable. Team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like... That's that. That's what I would say. Jack Sawyer's biggest, if he wanted to Understood. do it, would be his biggest uh, downfall. Yeah, and and it's it's tough saying adversary. Yeah, adversary. Yeah, yeah. great word. Um, yeah. and for me, it's um, I, I've entertained the idea just because of the summer being able to play with those players at Fight Club. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you, you get that's you the know, level, bro. I yeah. kind of want to see what where it goes. Dude, similar go to an open trial, bro. Where do you where do you go? You got to sign up for the player pool, which is the first thing, okay. which is a big pain in the ass. There was like two guys that I remember for the Denver team. I, I, their names are I cannot remember their names, but they made the team and weren't signed up for the player pool. So they 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 weren't yeah they didn't do it. Okay, yeah. we'll get the player pool. Yeah, number so number one, one like what definitely is that? definitely look up online like look up like MLL player pool sign up. Okay. And then, and then from there you just look up. I don't know if they're doing open tryouts anymore. I don't know. No, I'm sure it's weird with COVID and everything. Yeah, I have. And they don't I, even know when their season's going to be yeah. with everything. I'm sure that's, yeah. that the MLL has got to be in dire yeah. straits right now. But literally, all I did was made tryouts, signed up for the player pool, and went to open tryouts. Fair. And then from there, it was like I played, I played probably some of my best lacrosse at that Ohio Machine tryout, and yeah, I was willing to 
travel and live locally to be on the practice squad. And if you have both those things, you know, you're good enough. You, you're willing to live locally and, and make it happen, and you're in the player pool, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you're, exactly. You're good to go. That's yeah, awesome. I, didn't, I, mean, I didn't make a dime, basically. I mean, they gave me some stipends, something. They gave me, like, a couple hundred bucks every every now and again, but, like, yeah, it wasn't... I was, it's, for the, it's for the dream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes. Purely doing it to for the sport, yeah. And also the, the fact that now I can put on my resume, you know, and it's, it's more than just, I always use that term, like, I can put on my resume, but, like, what I mean is that I learned from a lot of the really good guys. Like, I learned from Scotty Rogers. You talked about Austin Cowell. You didn't even cover Kyle Bernlor and yeah, Scotty Rogers. Was, you played with. Yeah, KB was sick. KB was, <laughs> KB was more of a of a kind of keep-to-himself type guy. I'm sure. He seems so like, like a very quiet-centered guy. Yeah, he, he is very. And so he was more of, like, just watching and learning. Like, But I, I knew every, every second I had on that field suited up with those guys, I knew that that time was limited. So... I was sure that every time I was doing that, I was A, obviously playing the best I could, mm-hmm. but B, I was soaking in every little thing that those guys did. From the coaching, from you know watching Bear Davis and, and Mariano coach, seeing kind of what they cued in on, to the guys who were playing on the field, the goalies who were playing on the field, like what they did, how they did it. Scott was a little more like he would actually kind of come up to me and be like, you know, hey, look, this is what we can do. He would take time after practice with me and kind of help me through stuff. But a lot of the other guys, it was a lot of just being a sponge as much as I could because I knew like that my time on that field was limited. Right. And I remember specifically the last Ohio machine practice. I remember thinking like vividly, and I remember talking to Scott about it and saying, "This is probably the last time I'm ever going to be on a field like this." You know, I mean, this is probably the last time I'm ever going to suit up and play somewhat competitive lacrosse. You know what I mean? And it was just like, uh, I mean, it was cool. I, I have no regrets it, about it. I feel like a lot of times when I talk about it, people think I'm like bummed out about it, but I'm not. I I'm not bummed one bit. You know, what I mean, I'm I'm happy for the time that I did, and uh, I wouldn't have wanted any more or any less. Honestly, I think I'm in a good spot right now coaching, and I honestly never thought I would enjoy coaching as much as I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like seriously. I mean, there's. I didn't think I was going to be coaching. Period. Yeah. And to be able to come down here, um, have the quarantine happen, yeah. and then turn to coaching thanks to James Leary. I mean, yeah. that's. What something beast. what a beast i mean he is building is something beast. down here in georgia that is competitive with thunder and they have oh, yeah. clearly better owned than thunder better way better <laughs> than thunder and he they but the point is that thunder's own georgia yeah. lacrosse and he's competing at oh, that yeah. level just because of the way that he is leading that group he's he's not only leading the group but he also brings along the best coaches because yeah. I mean, I have a great, I have a great time at practice oh, because yeah. he just keeps it so lighthearted and yeah. like coaches were accountable, but also yeah. he's like, yeah, we know we're good, so let's let's have a little fun. I have a ton of respect for that dude. Me too. I, I really do. I have a ton of respect for Leary, and he may rub people the wrong way, you know. Every now and again, he's got a very um, what's the word? Blank personality. He's got a very polarizing personality. You know, he's he's a dude that like you either love him or you hate him. I mean, you know, a lot of people love his intensity and, you know, his kind of, like, arrogance and cockiness and stuff like that, and a lot of people hate it. You know, yeah. I, I can think of one person that hates it right off the top of my mind. I'm not going <laughs> to name it right off the bat. I love it. But, I, I soak it up, and I'm just But like, I absolutely, but yeah, yes. but, but he, I respect the shit out of that guy because he is good at what he does. Yes. He is an excellent coach. He is an excellent organizer. You know, maybe a little, you know, maybe needs a, a little bit of better decision-making every now and again, but, like... He's, yeah, he's, he's young, this dude. Thing he's younger on his than own. me. Yes. He's younger than me. I didn't even Wait, realize really? that. Yes, see? Yes. He's younger than me. He's, what year did he graduate? He just turned 26, I think. Just yesterday, or like two days ago, turned 26. 
Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, and I'm And he's running this thing on his own. Yes, that's what I'm saying, bro. That's why I have respect for him. And that's why I'm okay when he makes, you know, little, there's like little oversights here and there. Mm-hmm. And I can still tell. But overall, he's, he, he really is the right dude for the job. And, Absolutely. And I think, and, and I think that's like when I got that job with 3D, that's why I was so pumped because like I knew that like, I was like, this is going to blow up. Like, you know, th- we've got all the ingredients here to make this, to make this thing special. You know what I mean? And what a lot, what sets us, I think, apart or 3D apart from Thunder is the lack of politics mainly. I mean, you know, I mean, I just, I've heard from so many kids that played Thunder. They're just, you know, sick of the politics and they don't want to have to deal with all that. You know? I don't know why you need to have politics at that age. Like, no. especially when you're when you're just out there for a summer league. Oh, yeah. Go out there and perform. And, I mean, that's the great thing about having an A and a B team or a double A and an A team. Those, yeah. those separations just, you made this team. Go out there, perform. Yeah. If you make a mistake, pull them off. I loved Leary when I first got there. He was like, don't stop the whole practice to make a point. Right. Pull one aside, give the point, go back to coaching. Yeah. They're going to keep doing the drill because... Why does everybody else need to sacrifice when one player just needs to learn this much more? Right, he's gonna bit. get it. He doesn't. Yeah. Need, he doesn't need to be embarrassed. Yeah, exactly. Just do that. And and uh, was he two time or three time captain at Vermont? Uh, I would assume I mean, three. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I just the know. fact that he's he's a, ca- he's a, a captain. He was like born a captain. Exactly. He's <laughs> yeah. a he's a born leader. He yeah. he holds people accountable. I mean, yeah. you see it as a goalie when you're playing with him at, at Fight Club. It's something that you let up a goal and he's just dicking around. Oh, yeah. It's like. You're gonna hear about yeah. it, like yeah, you're gonna yeah. hear about it, and yeah. I love it because it's, and I'm sure you do too. Oh, yeah. It's just like, yeah. You that's know why what? I feel so good to stuff Leary, and yes. that's why I feel so bad to get scored. <laughs> on. I always tell him whenever, whenever one of the goalies in practice gets scored on by Leary, I'm always like, I'm telling you that it doesn't get worse than that. All right, you you can go play D1 at Syracuse, lose national championship yep. in overtime. I'm telling you. <laughs> It's not going to get worse than getting scored on by Larry when he fakes in between the legs and then BTBs. Oh, yeah, he did that so in, to me at Fight Club and now it's just like, oh, yeah. and I was like, it's on me. And he goes, oh, I know it's on you. I know yeah. it's on you. Yeah. It's like, yeah. thank you, James. Yeah, but like now with him and now that, that Ryan is down here, I mean, it's a freaking powerhouse. It's stacked. It's a powerhouse. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully it, we get TJ. TJ coming 3D. Yeah. <laughs> Who's TJ? TJ Kim. Oh, we're trying to get him. Well, he's, he's not coaching at Thunder anymore, so. Really? Yeah, he always says he's gonna cut show up okay, to practices. Cool. cool. So when did you get this? The tattoo, the the, the crease. Uh, I got that. Uh, when I was home for holiday, my junior year in college. Okay. Yeah, I wanted a lacrosse tattoo, cause you know, it meant it meant something to me. But I didn't want like the. Sorry for anyone who has it out there, but the the lacrosse sticks on the calf. You know what I mean? Like, no, thank you. Yeah, I mean, so this is something like. Kind of like my whole style, like in just everything, like in my art, in, you know, how I dress, I guess, you know, everything like that. I kind of like, I want to like, I want to like be snazzy, but I don't, I don't want you to think that I'm trying to be snazzy. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, I want, I want a lacrosse tattoo, but I don't want you to know that it's like, if you know it's a lacrosse tattoo, then you'll know it's a lacrosse tattoo. But if you don't, you it's not going to be like, duh, that guy's a lacrosse tattoo. Just a you know? circle yeah. and a triangle. Yeah. yeah, it's just like. So, like, like, with the Volvo, it's, like, very, like, kind of, you know, it's, like, it looks like a normal car. But yeah. then you're, like, wait a minute, it's got a new exhaust. Oh, wait a minute, it's got, like, black rim. <laughs> so, it's just, like, that. I kind of always, like, you know, I don't know. I yeah. like to I like to play that. Like, a lot in my art, too, I like to have it real subtle, real, just easy to look at. And then, but also, you know, just instantly pleasing, I guess, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Not too much. I'm not a huge fan of, like, real flashy stuff. No, I like, like it. You know. Yeah, I mean, um... 
my I was talking about Nick Kirk earlier. He was um, the other goalie in my class sent me a video of um, Ethan Hawke and saying he was talking about playing the fool and just yeah remain, playing fool yeah, exactly remain low key yeah let him let him be surprised by the exactly. things that you come out with yeah exactly that's kind of that's kind of how I like to live yeah for sure yeah what do you, what kind of art do you do I mean you you mentioned photography but is there others? yeah I mean mainly so any art that I do now I did air quotes there any art that I do now is mostly design stuff yeah. And it's mostly just kind of by necessity, like, yeah. um, hopefully this reset thing kind of starts to take a hold a little bit because on one end of the reset, you know, the reason why I want to start reset was obviously to get kind of a Southern Southeastern goalie kind of, you know, community going, you know, clinic, community coaching. I want to do like my end goal is to, like, if kids get recruited or if kids are like looking to get recruited to post on the Instagram and be like, you know, reset certified, you know what I mean? And just kind of like. You know, like yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like, just, like, the stamp, you know, cert- reset certified, just to kind of, like, give those kids something where it's like, okay, yeah, I know, what I, I've seen goalies, I've been around the, this sport for long enough, and, you know, I think you got what it takes, you know, I think mm-hmm. it'll kind of, and then the other spectrum is, I've, since I've been in high school, I've wanted to have, like, a kind of, not like a clothing brand, but just, like, I've always been, into like, making logos and, like, t-shirt designs, and, like, I, I always had t-shirt designs, and, like, in high school, I, I, I took a graphic design class, in high school, I never sat. There wasn't a single lunch in high school through my four years. Maybe there was one or two that I like went and sat with my friends. All of my lunchtime in high school was in the graphic design lab, in the photo lab, like working on like logos or photos or like I was super into action sports. I, you know, I still am. Like I mountain bike a decent amount now. Like I, I snowboard all the time. That's one of my biggest hobbies. But like I've always wanted to like tie the two together, like art, action sports, like photography and action sports, lo- you know, design. In high school, I had, like, this this uh, company, or not, like, company, but, like, I made a, lo- a logo, like, Yeti, and, like, we're going to make, like, Yeti Productions, and I was going to, you know, it was, like, a sick logo. So, like, I've always wanted to, like, have something where I can kind of express that, like, design niche that, or itch that I have, yeah. and, like, make t-shirts. So, like, I'm, that's why I'm super pumped that I'm finally getting some t-shirts printed, because yes. it's, like a, like, a long time, like, goal of mine to, like, make a design, get t-shirts, you know, have them sold, you know, and to kind of have a whole thing behind it which like this whole reset goalie thing behind it is you know kind of what i want to do i want it to be more i want you to want to buy a research reset shirt not because you did a clinic but also because it's just like a cool shirt to have you right. know what i mean i want to like have both those things right so, i like, mean i love the yeah. anti-selling on the back of yeah the i don't know I, yeah i was like trying to think like what what do like what's like the whole goalie like mindset like what what do you love to see when you're a goal you know when when you make a save on someone and i for me it was always like the oh you know like the hands yeah. on top of the head like Oh shit! Like, I can't believe you say that. Yes. You know what I mean, so like when I thought of that, I was like, "What? What? Like, what kind of what words can like kind of?" I'm like, "No, Selly. Like, you're not selling in here. You know what I mean? Like, and I was yeah. like, "Anti-Selly. You know what I mean? I was like, "Anti-Selly zone. Like, you know." I love it. So I, I don't know. I hope it kind of reads right. I've had a couple high school kids reach out to me and say that they really like the design. Like, and if they're if honestly if if the high school kids are reaching out and saying that, I think that's, that's all the yeah. credibility that you need because that's they're going to be honest with you. If yeah. They're, oh yeah. They're yeah. not pleased, and they're gonna tell you. But like that's like that. It's it is more of like a, I'll put it. This so this is this is like kind of some of the designs I had. Like I don't know, this is what I've had so far. Yeah, I love the the wavy too. I mean, I don't yeah. I don't know what is satisfying about Dude, that, no, but right? it just it looks good. I literally like spent a lot of time with the pen tool, just like <laughs> trying to figure out like what worked. Yeah, man, it's always been it's always been a thing. Of mine. I was a uh, intern at uh, uh, Woodward Camp. I don't know if you ever heard mm-hmm. of Woodward. It's like an action sports camp in Pennsylvania. And we did, like, graphic design and photography and stuff. And 
I just always loved it. Since then, I've always wanted to, like, I was, like, a sophomore, freshman in high school. I've just, like, always wanted to do, like, you know, t-shirt design, art design, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Hoping it will, uh, you know, anyone out there who plays goalies, you know, hit me up on Instagram and come out to the clinic. Come to the clinic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got, I mean, you sent out the list of shooters. Oh, it's insane. Gosh. It's insane. That's fun. Yeah. That's fun. It'll be a good time. Did you think you were going to get into coaching? Out of, um, out of your professional career? Honestly, no. I mean, okay. I... I I didn't think I would enjoy it as much. Like all throughout my career, I was like, "Like, what? This coach is an action." No, yeah, but you said at the beginning that you were a substitute teacher at Westminster. Were you planning yeah. on going teaching? Uh, no, I've always I've always done good with kids. I've always enjoyed okay. working with kids. I've always been able to connect with like kids well. You know, I've always younger kids than me. I've you know I've been a kid before, but like yeah, no, I've always been able to like I connect with you. young kids well and like um, coaching and and not uh, the thing that I don't the reason why I don't see myself teaching is because I don't like have, I'm not like, I don't really have much to teach besides sports. You know what I mean? So like, like I couldn't teach like a history class or I couldn't teach like, I guess I could teach like a photography class, but like, like, I don't know. It's not, it's not coaching is just different because coaching just comes like naturally, I guess Mm -hmm. teaching is much more like, you know, set out, you know, you've got all these things you got to get done. You're you're quizzing because you're telling coaching is a lot more like, like, I don't know, reactionary I guess you just see what you want to help and then you help that some kids don't need any help some kids you know I don't know maybe I'm making a fool of myself but like not I think, even no not but yeah even. I think like like I think teaching is a lot more is a lot more um ones and zeros and coaching is a lot more like black and white it's a lot more like in between the lines you know what I mean so I don't know no I I've I, always found myself successful at coaching more than teaching well because you as a as a kid learn from those people and at least in my case I was always trying to replicate and figure out Mm -hmm. what I needed to do to be successful I would watch um the first thing that just came to my mind was the goalie Luke Opoka um who ended up playing he was drafted by the St. Louis Blues and watching his fluidity when he was sliding hockey goalie yeah he would slide side to side and he his upper body wouldn't move it would just be like this and his lower body was just perfect and just watching it and just being like how can I I do that and then it becomes instinctual and you don't even think about why you're doing it but it's like that's what you need to do yep let's figure out how you can do that yep I mean when I was in when I was in college I worked at a plate against sports which is like a secondhand sporting goods store and like I finally was able to get pads because I, like, I got a huge discount so i was like uh-huh. i was like finally i can play hockey like Let's i've go. been waiting for forever <laughs> so i got my pads i got like a new pair of skates i got like the whole nine like pretty decent stuff because like it. i was getting it all at 50 percent, and it was already used so i got like some pretty good pads for like you know i was like i think i was out the door like 500 bucks or something for like everything so Not like, bad. yeah it was really good and i was actually pretty i was actually sick i played for four years i played like beer league for four years like pretty intense beer league and like I played for the Grand Gretzky's was the name because it's like you know beer was like Grand <laughs> oh Gretzky. I got it so I got a sick logo I made a sick Grand Gretzky's logo somewhere. oh that's awesome and uh, let me try and find it actually you, you should check name. out have you heard of men's league sweaters no they're on Instagram they make oh, these crazy beer it. league hockey jerseys and oh they're so funny yeah oh I still have it let's go wait I think so no maybe not oh. No, it's like it's like so old. It's like not. Even what software do you use? This is an Illustrator, but I don't have an Illustrator. So uh. right here, I use um, I use uh, what's this called? Uh, I forgot what it's called, man. I don't know. I told you about Procreate, right? Yeah, you did. What is this? What is this one called? 
Not InDesign. I keep thinking InDesign for something. I don't know. It's like the iPad. It's like the this. It's like Illustrator for iPad, basically. It's like yeah. all. It's, like I, I, I was like trained on Illustrator, not trained. I was like I learned Illustrator in high school. It's like all the same stuff. It, right. it, it like goes over pretty soon. Uh, but yeah, anyways, I played hockey and like I got really good, not because I was practicing all the time, because I just watched YouTube videos on like how to yeah. play hockey goalie, and like I got like actually pretty sick at it. Like, right. And uh, yeah, after my four years, I was like, you know. I'll call myself a pretty decent little hockey goalie. Love it. Yeah, it was, it was so much fun. I enjoyed hockey more. Than, I'd say more than lacrosse, honestly. Yeah, that's yeah. how I still feel. I yeah. mean, no, I, my passion at the end so of the day is, is with hockey. So much fun. Because you make more saves. You know what I mean? You, you, there's, like, so many more opportunities to make, like, six saves. Mm-hmm. And, like, it doesn't hurt. You know, you know it's like, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot more. It's it's something that I always wanted to do, too. So it was, like, really sat- satisfying when I, was, when I was finally able to get a pair of pads and, you know, play. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, that was exciting for me. I, I got to play two years with my younger brother at, in high school, and just to be able to be on the same sheet of ice with him. Oh, yeah. Um, with the crowd, uh, it's... You guys, like, you played goalie and he played... Center. So you guys were, like, on the ice at the same time, like, during a game. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's intense. Oh, yeah. Um, it that's was... Um, I'll never forget it. And he's by far the better athlete. And, yeah. uh, unfortunately, he tore both of his labrums in his hips. Uh, Sophomore year of high school... He couldn't like he made varsity lacrosse as a freshman, and then f- found out he what tore he lacrosse? Uh, attack, Damn. and so um, I mean he was insane at that as well. Um, but he just couldn't have that motion of hitting the ground yeah. and running. But he could skate, and so after a year and a half of recovery, he ended up taking the team to state for the first time in history, and Damn. they ended up losing. But they played at the Scott Trade Center, uh, Ooh, and yeah. I got to. We had a triple overtime game against Montclair State. Um, it was my first game back from Mono my sophomore year. We ended up winning, and I check. I asked my coach. I said, "Coach, what what's the time?" And he said it was like six fifty or something like that. Game was at seven, mm. and I said, "I have to go." And yeah, he was like, yeah. "Okay." And I ran Damn. to the locker room, had my eye black on still, and I just ran to the room, and um, my teammate had a beer for me and just tossed yeah. me a beer in the room and I was there <laughs> to see my brother introduced uh, on TV and yeah, it was just like, like big arena everything yeah it's, it's sick yeah and those those moments it's just like yeah and and for hockey for me that was my first passion with um, and to connect it back with art I love the Coyotes logo it was so you wear that sweatshirt all the time that's the sickest logo Yeah, I fell in love with it because of how complex yet simple yes. and um I just wanted to be Sean Burke, the goalie of the Coyotes, <laughs> yeah, when I was five years old yeah. and wear all the pads and have that helmet. And uh, I started at age five. Um, and I started skating at age four. My mom and dad put me in figure skating classes. and after, Which is why you're a good goalie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and day one, um, I said, uh, or day two, I said, I'm going to bring hockey skates. And yeah. they're like, no, you're not. I brought hockey skates and you brought hockey or goalie skates. Hockey. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. then I ended up transitioning into goalie skates later, yeah. um, but I just wanted to keep playing goalie as as time yeah. went on, and that just was where I wanted to be. And then uh, sixth grade, I get a call saying, "Hey, we need a lacrosse goalie." And uh, we're like, "What's lacrosse?" Yeah, yeah. Um, there you go. I remember the first time I stood in the net, I stood outside of the crease because oh, yeah. hockey goalie. I thought yeah, yeah. That you want to be out? Yeah, yeah. Challenge the shooter, so yeah. yeah, that was wrong, but it is <laughs> what it is. Um, I mean, it's just those that evolution of being able to um, learn those little things, and it, it comes down to visuals like mm-hmm. it starts with that moment of seeing 
somebody in that position. I want to be him. And then how can I be him? And just taking it each step. Yep. Um, it's crazy how that just it happens. Is. It's a very, very powerful thing. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, I, I watched this documentary. I forgot. Uh, it wasn't Restrepo. It was like one of them where these guys who were like in Afghanistan, you know, like fighting a war. They're like, we're going to visualize, you know, winning this battle. You know what I mean? Like before they go in, they like knew that they were, they were like taking fire or whatever it was. And they would literally just sit there and just like visualize them like, you know, hitting whatever. I don't know what they visualized. I don't know how you went. But they sat there and visualized it, and then they went out and they're like, that's why we won the freaking battle is because we were like more prepared. And like, that's like the ultimate like life or death scenario. You know what I mean? We're like fight or flight, like you're either going to survive or not. And like the fact that they like prepared for that and knew that they like visualizing would help is like crazy. I guess weird. I've always thought about what it would be like to be like in a fight for your life. Like, I don't know mm. why that like, it, it just would be crazy. Like some, some, like something would come out of you. That'd be like, wild you've never seen before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I watched too much like body cam, like police body camera footage. You know what I mean? But like, there's some crazy stuff that have, people do some like really wild stuff when it's right. like life or death. It's like, what would it be like to have like someone like on top of you and they're like, they're trying to kill you. Like, what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's insane. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's like a, it's like deep, man. I mean, right. you, you don't really think about it. Like when you see people like, you know, but those dudes are, I mean, like people that are in a fight for their life, like it's literally you or them. And like, I think in that moment you realize like, oh shit, like I could never, like it's either going to be me or this dude. It's, it's the human spirit yeah. at the most extreme. And, right. Um, Throughout this experience as the podcast, I've mentioned flow state, and it started with Sam Sheeran on episode three. Um, and go check it out. Go check it out. <laughs> yeah. um, it's episode four. Go check it out. Um, and he mentioned flow state, and it's dedicating a hundred percent of your mental capacity mm-hmm. to a objective. And, right. Um, I started with that in hockey, and it got so bad that I would get in my own head, but then learning how to visualize along mm-hmm. with the flow state, right. then it just allows me to really focus on that one objective and attack it with everything that I was trained for. But still, it's not life or death. And right. so that, that situation, it's... I mean, I think of the Israeli army and how if you're an Israeli citizen, you have to go right. into the army. Yeah. It teaches you... Oh yeah, the most extremes of the the human spirit, whether yeah. it's good or bad, and where you sit within that, and right. you have to serve for two years. It's it's so impactful, and you can take that in so many areas of your life because mm-hmm. you're not just fighting for yourself anymore. And yeah. that is something that is really interesting to learn about. When I was growing up, you have I'm Jewish, and so you have right. birthright. Yeah, <laughs> no, there you go. I grew, up, I grew up with, like, all my friends are Jewish growing I love up. So it. I did the whole Friday night dinner every <laughs> night, bro. The, the whole sukkah, the challah. Really? All, matzah ball soup, bro. I did it all. I'm not Jewish at all. I'm not religious at all. But, like, oh, yeah, my be- all my best friends growing up were all Jewish. That's awesome. And, like, yeah, every like, – it was, like, Friday night dinner – this one kid's mom, Sam, her name's Naomi. His uh, Sam is a friend, Naomi is the mom, uh-huh. and she made the most banging matzo ball soup, like homemade you ate matzo well. ball soup. Oh my god, it was insane. It was so good. That's but awesome. Yeah, anyways, I heard Jewish and I had to There you go. Yeah, um yeah, but I mean there's something in that culture that you learn about that's so impactful and um, you learn about it with age, but yeah, the the fight or flight mm-hmm. instinct, what what would you do in that situation and it's 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 something that we're not 
faced with as often no. here in America because we're just protected and that's we take exactly, it for granted. That's exactly what, like what I was gonna transition to. Like there are billion, I don't know, there are millions of people yes. who like literally get up, go to work. You know, I don't want to get into this whole thing. You know, don't live. No, don't be a robot. It's okay, you know it's okay, I mean? it's like, okay to generalize here. But like, yeah, but like, get up, go to work. Yes. Like, come home, watch TV, and go to bed. Like That's that. normal American life. Yeah, like even even us in playing lacrosse is already separating ourselves by putting ourselves like in a situation that is not you know normal for most people. You know what I mean? And then like for me, when I go snowboarding, you know what I mean, or like when I go mountain biking, or like when I go surfing, you know what I mean? It's just like it's like I think it's really good to try and put yourself in those situations as much as you can like you know where you where you you get your heart rate going you know i mean you 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 kind of feel like you know i don't want to mess up right now you know (laughs) you know what i'm saying like i think that's a that's a good thing to like experience you know because there are plenty of people who who don't ever do that you know who literally they they live so far within their like their bounds like like a good example is like airplane pilot you know airline commercial airlines fly like i think it's like like they they'll only fly within a certain safety limit and like that safety limit is like 7% of like what the plane can like actually handle you know what i mean like yeah there's like i forgot what exactly what the percentage is but it's like a very low percent interesting like if 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 the if like the plane they won't fly if it's like within that 7% per, 7% threshold like they keep it so safe you know what i mean like the plane can, in reality, handle a, so much worse weather. They can handle so much more G's or whatever it is, but they just keep it within that mm-hmm. like seven percent. And I think too many people like live within that like seven percent. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like you got. And I'm not saying I'm out here like some thrill seeker. You know what I mean? Like I, no, I like the metaphor. I'm like pretty mundane. You know, I, I snowboard. You know, I go to like I do some, a little, maybe a little bit more like backcountry snowboarding than most people do. And, like, I surf, which may be, like, you know, I, I surf in the winter every now and again, which is, like, a little bit more than people might do. But, like, there are people out there that are, like, you know, like, I watch these, like, parkour guys on, on YouTube. And they're, like, do you see some of these clips, bro? I got to send these to you. They're, like, yeah. jumping, like, they, like, jump. It's, like, a three-foot-wide ledge. And they jump from one three-foot-wide ledge to another three-foot-wide ledge over, like, maybe a 15-foot gap. And it's, like, over, like, like a 100-story drop. Like, it's just, it's just absolutely insane. Like that's that's why like I'm thinking like kind of that fight or flight thing like what would you do in that situation like would your body accept it and like handle it or would you just lock up and be like no nah, right. hell no you know right. what I mean like you'll never know until you get there I guess right and I've always cur- I'm always curious what I would do and I and I don't know I honestly don't know face of that situation what if I would do I don't it think, or not yeah I don't think he, I don't think you or I know until right. we're actually in that exactly. situation because we've never been faced with it and I wonder. This may be just completely off the wall, but what people think of us being lacrosse yeah. schoolies and standing in front of So many people shots. think that that's the same as jumping between two buildings. Right. <laughs> it's like you're standing in yeah. front of a 100 plus mile an hour shot yeah. or somebody just shooting it from five feet away from you yeah. and trying to put it through you. And yeah. There's levels to this shit. You know what I mean? It's wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we don't even think about it like right. that. And I'm sure the parkour guys, because you can't think about it. You have right. to just say... No, this is what I'm going to do. When yeah, it falls back on that instinct. You know yes. what I mean? That muscle memory, bro. It's, your brain shuts off and you just you just do. Yeah. Like police officers, you know, like they just do. Right. They don't think about it. And I know they get a lot of, you know, police officers get a bad rap. But, you know, they're in life and death situations a decent amount too. Like Every where the day. other person is, tr- yes. is legitimately trying to kill them. Like I've seen some crazy body cam footage, like clips. And there are some... They go through some wild stuff. Like, 
Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are the ones that are protecting, and yeah. and I mean, you see Mexico, and they yeah. ha- they get paid off by the drug cartels, <laughs> yeah, and cartel. who do you trust down yeah, there? Yeah, We're yeah. fortunate enough that we have the police to trust here for the most part. For the I most mean, part, of there's course, always absolutely. I mean, but it's all. Relative. It's more of a system, in my. I mean, yes. I, I, no, I feel like, agreed. But it's more like the whole the whole system than it is individual cops. Like, but down to the life or death situations, yeah. they're still putting themselves in that line and especially now in the yeah. times that we're in they have to still stick to their morals what they were trained yeah. and like and, that and they have to make yes. all those decisions like that right you know I mean? like yeah. we're having a conversation about it yeah they have to instinctually yeah. make that decision so regardless of the opinion of police officers you have to respect them yeah, and understand that that is something that they are putting their life on the line so that I can sleep in my bed and not worry yeah. about somebody breaking into my house every yeah. night. It's just, it, it's true. it's the life or death situations that it, people in America put themselves in front of so that we don't have to worry about it mm-hmm. as everyday citizens. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not really like, a lot of times when, when someone, you know, interviews a goalie about something, it's just like, you know, oh, how do you, you know, stop your off, stick high, say, you know, what do you do, you know, or like... Hey, we covered that, though. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. You get it all. But, like, I think I think a lot, I haven't, you know, a lot of that stuff that a lot of goalies, like, know, like, they, you know, they think about and they know, but never really, like, comes out, you know, I think. Right. Like, we went over, which is pretty cool. So what we were talking about was the Joe Rogan stuff. And yeah, yeah. the one that I liked was the dude who is a, he's, he was an Air Force pilot. So, like, he's, like, a pretty credible dude. You, yeah, can, yeah. you can tell he's, like, real cerebral when he talks and yeah. stuff. He's not, like, you know, crazy. And he was flying when they saw that. Oh, shit. When they saw. Saw the alien spaceship. So, like, his, 0 to 60,000. Yes, yes. He was the Christ. He was the dude piloting the jet that took that video. And, like, so so he was, in, he was pilot. And then the dude in the backseat was the guy who was, like, manning the cameras and shit and, like, all the sensors. And so, like, he just talks about it. And, like, it, he's just, like. He's like, yeah, I'm not lying, dude. Like, what do you mean? Like, uh, he's just like the way he the way he goes about telling the story. There's no way he is making it. Oh no, you, know what I mean? you can't make something up like that. Like, yeah, and just who he was, just like being a being a. You got to be real smart to be like a, a navy pilot. You know what I mean? He's just like you can. It's just complete <laughs> credibility, in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, the thing is, is from every episode I've listened to of Joe Rogan, they're all credible. And so that's what yeah, I, I mean, yeah. th- from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, and, um, yeah. and he'll, the, th- the reason is because he'll call them out if they're not. Right. Like, he'll make them, like he, I think what he does so well, which is a part that I've studied from him, is that he, and my brother actually called me out on this too. Um, he said, focus on um, listening to Joe Rogan and how he rewords questions. But he asked the same question like right. later in the interview just to see how they're going to react the next time it comes right, around. Because right, right. it's the same question, but just worded a little bit yeah, differently. Yeah. If they're inconsistent, then he's going to say, well, you know, I noticed that you said this <laughs> yeah. and then this. And that's and what the listeners are like, yes, <laughs> and you notice it. They don't because yeah. they're so locked in. They're like, oh, I'm at the Joe Rogan experience right now. And yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. like I, I'm excited to, to hear um, conversations that I have with people because they're exciting, but it's also, well – they they're credible in their field it's something yeah. that they're i mean like you're credible in just coaching and, yeah. and just going yeah. along with your journey and then other people they, they have their specialties and it's so interesting to hear it yeah um i think i'm 
young enough in my podcasting career where I don't have to verify the credibility yet because right, right. the people I'm having on, I know who they are as a person right. and yeah. you just get to confirm it from there. But yeah. as uh, I continue to grow as a, not only a person, as a conversationalist, but also in the podcasting realm, that's something I'm excited about to just be like, Ooh, I get to kind of toy with it a little bit. Yeah, and the listeners, yeah. that's how they gain entertainment. Well, I mean, it goes back to like what we were talking about a little bit at Fight Club on the sideline. Like, just people, just like being their self. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's not, it's not that easy to like you know, like fully just say exactly how you feel one hundred percent of the time. You know what I mean? At least, at least for me, it's like a little difficult. Like, my fiance always says that's oh, me, like yeah, my Libra difficult. in me. You know what I mean? Like always trying to like you know please people and stuff, but. But yeah, like, like if you go, like, and I'm sure people on Joe Rogan podcast, they're like trying to, you know, they're trying to like impress or they're trying to, you know, be whoever they are. You know what I mean? Like they're not, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're on the Joe Rogan podcast and you're like the peanut butter expert, like, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're going to try and be the peanut butter expert, bro. Like you're not going to, if you, if he yes. asks you a, a question about yes. peanut butter that you don't yes. know, you're not going to be like, I don't know. You know what I mean? You're going to like... <laughs> You're the fucking guy, you know. Like you're gonna answer that shit, no, right? Not, even if, right. So like, I think that's that's a cool part about Jordan, because like, like you said, it kind of like doubles back on people, right? You know, like, right. Ugh. And it, you know, it's interesting because I felt the same way, and we talked about this on the sidelines, which is um, only solidified me ha- having this conversation yeah. with you. But being able to actually be yourself, and um, you know, I I have to credit my my roommate that I had for three years. Um, he just he was so much of himself. Uh, through college that it's like gosh he's so authentic that I can't not be that like I want to be myself because I enjoy myself more than anybody else and I don't really care what anybody else thinks Mm so I'm gonna figure out what makes me me and yeah I mean having two months three months on my own um, that really solidified for this quarantine but it's like those events um, when you don't have a team around you really makes you realize oh well i can be the best version of myself if i hold myself accountable yeah and then when i go out there whether it's a fight club or coaching or stuff like that then they're gonna get the best version of me mm-hmm. yeah i mean you can you can tell when like people are themselves you know like it, i think it's relatively easy easy to tell and like i'm not saying that i am it's something that i've struggled with for a while is like I, like i said before like i'm always i'm the kind of dude that's like always trying to like please everyone you know what i mean so it's like I don't like to, I don't like to, I don't like to do something that's going to make someone unhappy or like, like I, like the biggest, I remember I had a job once and I just signed up for the job. It was a new job I got in high school and like I got another job that I, that was way better for me like a week after I got the, that first job and I was dreading like, I, I remember to this day, it was like the worst conversation I've ever had to have some, with someone saying like, listen, I found, like, a better job, you know what I mean, like, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to quit, you know what I mean, because, and it's just like that, like, you can tell when people are being themselves, and I think it's, like, so important to to do that, something I'm still working on, like, even now, but, like, you can tell when when people are genuine, you know, and and I think that makes them so much easier to be around, so much more likable, you know, so much more successful in their field, you know, like, like, Barlag, bro, you know, like, Barlag is, dude, that, he he is Barlag to a T, you know what I mean, and, that's why he could be the dorkiest, he could be the goofiest dude in the room, and everyone's going to like him. Yes. You know what I mean? Because that's who he is, and it's easy to see that that's who he is. And, and everyone's going to respect you if you're being yourself. You know, no one's going to be like, wow, you're such a loser. Like, you're, you're, you're like, truly being yourself, you know? Right. So and you learn that with age. You learn that yeah, yeah. that's something that it doesn't matter what 
anybody else thinks. It's the people that truly care about you yeah. are going to respect you no matter right. what. And so right. when I would, I remember having an interview for a company that I, that was my dream company to work for. And it's not the company I work for now. So when <laughs> I was interviewing, I had pages and pages and pages yeah. of notes and i was like all right i gotta make sure i get this and this and this and this, yeah. and, this, and, this and i'm ready for all these questions and, it's too easy to do that you know and he he calls me on the phone we have we say hi hi how are you so do you mind asking me questions first he says that to you to me oh, and shit. i shut down i shut down oh, i was like no uh, i would shut down too that's intense that's a that's a sneaky tactic in the door, it was a. It wasn't just an entry level job. This was yeah, a. This was like six figure rest of your life plus. Job. Yeah, yeah, I would have been set. And he said, "Ask." He said, "Ask." Do you mind asking me the questions first? Uh, and you just, you just, I froze. Just froze. My, it's just the inexperience of me of interviewing I and would, yeah. not knowing myself. I was on. All I was was the page of notes, and it was the best experience I wanted I thought about it last night I was like I want to call him and thank him for that because yeah right after that I had the easiest interview of my life in my current role to my manager just said so tell me about your passion it's like oh well this is easy yeah, like, yeah. I was like all about it <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. She, and she and she ended up convincing me to take the job and it's not even in my industry I'm in marketing now and right. I'm an economics guy so yeah to yeah. be able to deviate from that track and just follow my passion it helped me become who i am and yeah. also atlanta just breeds personality so oh, it, yeah. if you're not yourself then you're going to stick out right, so right. that's something that just uh, that culmination of things yeah. allowed me to realize well you don't need to be an industry thumb piece i guess right. and just stick right under there and and do everything that your your boss says it's be yourself mm-hmm. that's where you're going to bring the most value to your team and um, in any position, in any in any role in life, that's gonna be where success comes from. Yeah, and like like you just said, like if you're yourself, you're gonna find like what you want to do. I mean, you're gonna yeah. fall into what you're gonna want to do because you're not gonna be a fit for something that you don't want to do. You know, what I mean, if you're trying to be something something you're not, then you're not you're not gonna fit in in that scenario because you're you know not being you're yourself. Not you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was tough, and I think like. In the scenario I was in when I was playing, I think that's got to be one of the toughest places to try and be yourself. You know what I mean? Like, in the situation, like, being an MCLA guy in that locker room, being a dude who, like, you know, was trying to, you know, I didn't want those guys to know that I watched every single one of their games. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we watched every every college yes. lacrosse game yes. when we were... And like it was tough. It was really tough. And and I had if I had to go back and do it again, I would have just one hundred percent just I I don't I don't I don't care who you guys are. I'm I'm doing I'm gonna make all the dumb jokes that I would make with my best friends back at home. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna try mm-hmm. and like fit in. I'm not gonna try and like conform to what I think you guys you know want me to be. But you know it's a learning experience. But that's the most exciting thing for me about going to Fight Club is that these guys just you realize that they're human as oh, well yeah, and yeah, they yeah, are yeah. just out there to compete. And to, to see them at face value, it's like all they want to do is score on me and all I want to do is stop them yeah. and I'm going to do what I did on yeah. the field in Philadelphia at Ursinus right. to who was the hardest for you in the locker room where it was like I, I watched your highlights all the time. And Kyle were, Harrison. Really? Oh, oh yeah. man, yeah. Kyle Harrison was yeah. in your locker room. Yeah, the machine, bro. Yeah, it was, yeah. Whoa, that's yeah. a lacrosse legend. Yeah, it's a goat, yeah. Yeah, it was sick. I mean, 
and you would never know that he was who he was you know what I mean he was one of the dudes that before every practice and every game it was like his thing he had to dap everyone up in the locker room like no matter who you were he was coming by he's saying let's go you know have a good game have a good practice you know what I mean he really brought everyone together and I think probably my best memory of playing was a save I had on him and I'll remember it forever it was it was sick. It was like a split save, stick side, bouncer. Yeah, it was. It Let's was, go, dude. It was sick. It was, it, I'll I'll never forget. Did it. he split? What was the move? Uh, yeah, he like split up top. I don't remember. I don't even remember the shot. I okay. just remember the save. Yeah, right that's all that matters. Yeah, that's all yeah. that matters. But yeah, no, it was him. I think, I think he was the dude that I was like, but I didn't really have an issue like being my more or less like myself around him because he was just like he was so. He was like, he was so himself. I mm-hmm. guess you know, like he was just. You never felt uncomfortable around him. You he know seems I mean? like a family guy, like somebody yeah, that breeds. Exactly, I want to yeah. bring you. Exactly, in. exactly, exactly. There was there were definitely some guys in the locker room that were the opposite, who just made you feel super. They were like exclusive, you know. They just they you know they they just didn't have that like same kind of vibe about him, and right. you know that's how it was. But yeah, Kyle was one of those guys who was super welcoming in every way. You know, Rogers. I know he gets a lot of shit on Instagram and stuff, but. That dude, I was ready to go in there and hate that guy. Really? Oh, yeah, I was ready. Because, you know, I saw him on Instagram. I didn't right. know anything about him. Right. So I was ready to go in there and be like, oh, yeah, you, you know, <laughs> hit leg day, you fucking loser. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, he, he welcomed all the yeah. practice squad guys with open arms. and That's awesome. He, you know, did his thing. He, you know, helped me become better. And, you know, yeah, that's that. Sophomore year of college? Yeah, sophomore, my sophomore year of college. Um and just seeing Burnlore make that save oh, yeah, the um, one against the UNC and yeah, just yeah. going, no, he did yeah, not just yeah. do that. And th- I mean, those are the moments that it's like, oh, that's that's a human being right there. Oh yeah, like yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. And KB KB made it easy. Kyle Burnlore made it easy to realize that because that dude is the most average like dude in every other way besides keeping the lacrosse ball out of the net. You know what I mean? Yep. Like no hate towards him, but like. He does not look like an athlete when you see him. He does not move like an athlete when you see him. Yeah. You know, he's super quiet. He's, like, a little awkward. He's, like, kind of nerdy a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, but, yeah, I mean, when he comes to time to do his thing, like, you know, he just he just gets it done. I don't even think his stance or his style is really that appealing, in my opinion. I don't – I don't I, – he doesn't look like a good goalie. No, he but doesn't. But then you look at the stats and, like, you look at the end of the game, you're like – you didn't really score on that guy, did you? Like, yeah, yeah, like, and that, you know, what I mean, I mean, that's kind of like that's that's a pretty cool part because, like, you know, like there's like the Tim Troutners who like look all crazy, flashy, and mm-hmm. jumping and all that stuff, you know. But you know, are they keeping the ball in the net? Yeah, it's doing your job at the end of the day. Don't think so. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Do you have to go? No, no, no. Okay, no, okay. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, Burnwater, it's it, it's. I remember seeing his Instagram video yesterday where he. I was like throwing. I follow him. And he oh was yeah, throwing a ball, gym, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. really? That's your training? Like, yeah. and it's just like it, it's so simple, but yet it's. I mean, it takes that talent at the next level just to to do your job. And, yeah, and that's yeah. where um, yeah, obviously I mean, the marketability comes into. Yeah, he's not a. He's not like a, some of those guys, and in, in you know could take a stab at like you know playing in you know other sporting professional sporting leagues but yeah not, not him but that's what i'm sure is appealing at the professional level is the guys that kind of remain under the radar it's like i'm gonna do my job and that's how you contribute to the team because i mean i don't like colin cowherd but when yeah. he called out baker mayfield and said well why didn't you go sell it with your team like i was like 
what are you saying? Like, he's in yeah. college, he's going to do that. And yeah, then you yeah, get to the yeah. professional level, it's like, well, you can't do that because, like you said, it's not the same. You are having to dedicate your your abilities to a team rather mm -hmm. than, oh, I'm going to be flashy so that I can throw off the other team. You're not throwing off right. a professional team. Yeah, yeah. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it... it at the professional level, I mean, I'm not, I don't have any experience really at that level. The NFL level is complete. No one who's played the NFL. But you've seen them play at that yeah. level. You're on the surface. Right, right. But I'm saying, like, there's a whole nother level to the NFL. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the MLL, I mean, the MLL and the PLL, those dudes are athletes. Like, you know. I got you. But I they don't, you. they're not, they're not million, billion dollar bodies. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, LeBron James, like, there are no LeBron Jameses in the MLL, in lacrosse in general, which is another point that I've always made. I, it would be sick for lacrosse to get to the point where there are LeBron James-type athletes playing lacrosse. Like, how insane. Like, imagine Adrian Peterson with, like, a lefty and a righty. You know, right. Like, 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 a left hand and a right hand. Like, that dude would be absolutely insane. Like, who's going to stop, like, I don't know, who's going to stop Jerome Bettis with, like, a left hand, you know, from, from attack? Like, you know, it's just like... Right, but you also think that a state like Georgia where somebody coming from the outside like myself, I didn't know that they had classes for lacrosse. Yeah. That's where it starts. Like we don't have that in Missouri. And so right. that oh, process yeah. of yeah. building the yeah. the the classes and how many teams are in the area that are actually competitive. Right. That's where it starts. And then you get fans that come along with it and then the marketability comes yeah. with it and that's how you grow the game. And I think I know, I don't think, I know that the PLL is doing the right thing by yeah. just marketing and saying, we'll go to different cities, we're going to show you that we're the best players, and we'll make it entertaining in a different way. I mean, there's some incredible talent. And yeah, there is. Paul Rabel is not even at the top of it anymore. He yeah. may be the face of it, but yeah. he's not the best player. I don't know if I agree fully with the PLL. I think the PLL is definitely better for lacrosse than the MLL is, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with like the whole traveling thing. I don't know if you remember there was like the LXM tour that happened oh, a while yeah, ago. Oh yeah, I loved that. It was sick. Yeah, I agree, but it never like caught on. And why do you think that was? I have no idea. Okay. I, I really don't know. I mean, I think inherently people want a lot of the reason why people go to sporting events is because they're like rooting for the team that they mm -hmm. want to root for. Yeah, you know, they what didn't I mean? have logos. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, or that. But I mean, like, but I think that's a lot of the reason why sports are like a thing because like there are plenty of people like that go to, like, baseball games that don't like the sport of baseball. You know what I mean? But, like, they're going to – because they're Braves fans. Like, they're going right. to go support their Braves because, like – but um, uh, I had a thought about – I forgot what it was. We were talking about marketability, just being able to grow the sport and, and when you're – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always – I agree with the fact that lacrosse is growing. I completely think that that's true, and I think that it should be true. I think it's a really awesome sport to watch. I think it's awesome for the play. I think it's more appealing for parents in a lot of ways than a lot of other sports. I think it's more appealing for kids, you know, the whole night. But but there's something like, it's just weird. You go back and you look at like college games from like the 90s and like the 80s, or I don't even know, like the night. I think I'm pretty sure it's like late 90s, like early, late 80s, like early 90s. I don't know the exact time frame. But you go back and watch like some of these vintage like Princeton games and dude, the stands were like, like packed, bro. Like, more than a, more than any lacrosse yes. game ever has been now. So like I always see stuff like that, and like I remember I went to like I know the NL I know I know box lacrosse is fine. Box lacrosse has no issue selling 
selling seats and getting views. You I mean, know. talking to Liam Burns, he was saying that they barely get 3,000 fans at the Georgia Swarm games, and it's like, with all the... Oh, yeah, less than the Swarm, I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, like in, in Denver... The Phil, yeah, the Denver and the Wings. Yeah, the Wings, no like, all the Canadian teams, they're all fine. But, yeah, like, uh, that just makes me, like, wonder, like, is it really growing? Like, is it really getting mm-hmm. more popular? Like, maybe, maybe more people are playing it, but, like, is it really getting more popular as a spectator sport? Because, like... Some of those videos I see of those games, like back then, I mean, it's insane the amount of fans that were there. I mean, it's like packed stadium, packed college stadium, you know? And, like, we'll get that, you know, now for the national championship. But then you pan the camera over to behind or, you know, where, and there's just no one there. Yeah, yeah, Right. I think the the branding of lacrosse got a bad rap quickly. I agree. It it turned into, like you said, the the Chad sport. Yeah. And I don't think the PLL is necessarily helping with that, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, I I I don't think their, I don't think their marketing is, I just, it's just, it just misses, in my opinion. Right. And they're young, so hopefully they grow from it and, and, and do something. I mean, who am I to say? I mean, but you're a lacrosse player you, yeah i mean you're, i i agree with you in yeah. that sense they could be doing better it's the, close but it's just there's yes. something about it that just like isn't it just seems like like too ta- like too young like too tacky you know what oh, I mean? like yeah like it's something you see like tiktok video that you see that video they put out with that tiktok guy um yeah i didn't even know who it was i just saw and i didn't watch the video little huddy yeah I, you saw that video i didn't see the video i would click on it it's. I clicked on it because I was very curious as to which way this was gonna go. It's bad, man. It's really bad. It's really bad. All right, we're gonna put myself through. Yeah, it's bad. Like Paul Rabel's like got his nails painted and stuff, and like it's just it's really weird. It's bad. Oh, 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 oh. I, my God! I would not be surprised. This is this may be a really hot take. Oh, this may be a really, oh, really hot take. Do it. But, and and this is coming from a place. Listen, I fully, 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 fully support the LGBTQ community. I'm not hating in any way. But I do. I would not be surprised if Paul Rabel came out as bi or gay before the next PLL season in order to create press, media attention press for PLL. I mean I mean just think about it. Think about it. Like ESPN hears that the best what they think is the best lacrosse player comes out as gay. You know what I mean? He started his own league. He's gay. It's going to be funny. It'll be all over. It'll be all over every news outlet media ever. Whoa. What other big time athlete? I mean, he's not really a big time athlete, you know, in the grand scheme of things. But like he's a name. He's a name, bro, and and it's a sport that is on the front you know, of people's minds with the whole PLLs coming out, you know, NBC's got it. And he's got his nails painted. He's hanging out with this girl that's like a super, you know, women's rights activist, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I'm just saying, I mean, I'm and I'm saying it not out of place of hate, but I'm saying it because no, it, it might a, be a, it's a hot take. It might be a good idea for yeah. him to do, bro. I mean, yes. like, it could really, really, I mean, any press is bad press, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's that's no, I don't see anything wrong with that take at all. I yeah. I could I could totally. See I mean, it's a hot one, but it's a hot one. But hey, people but are making even, hot even takes. If he, even if you said he was homosexual, I mean, not homosexual. Even if you said he was bisexual, yeah, 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 that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be 
I mean, he would get the PLL's brand out there. For oh yeah, sure. I mean, you see the PLL and is he's really not, like he's and in the lacrosse community from a teammate perspective and his standpoint, he's not the best player. No. So he's maybe but one he's or two the, years he's the out. Face, though. Right, you but know. he's one or two years out, and then he's. I mean, how many years do you think he has left? I mean, I think he's in it now just because he's who he is. That's what I mean. Know? Like, yeah. I think I two, think his playing years are done. I mean, and you look at the dude and you wonder why, because he looks like an absolute stud. You know, I mean, right. he's, he's ripped, and he, and you know, you see him shoot, and you're like, how is this kid not dropping, you know, twenty points or whatever? Right. But he just doesn't get it done in the field. I mean, you know, it's it, you see a bunch of guys like like Dylan Malloy or like Matt Rambo. You know, they don't those dudes don't look like crazy athletes, but they're just lacrosse is one of those like finesse sports where it's like not football. You know, what I mean, it's like. You can you can not be that athletic, but still mm. just kind of get the flow and the IQ and uh, you know I mean there's like there's like more important things than just being athletic yes. to lacrosse that can make you successful at it. So you know it's a hot take, but you see their logo. They've got that rainbow logo that says like lacrosse is for everyone. They've really been pushing that lacrosse is for everyone message yeah. for a long time. And after you watch this, you know <laughs> you're right. yeah, let's, yeah, hold yeah. On. yeah, let's see this. Hold on. You gotta, I, yeah, this guy. Um, this dude is like such a loser, man. And so is RJ, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. I can't, I can't stand him. But that's why I don't know, and that's where they're trying to go so far young to grow the game that it loses. Like I, I know, watch. All I, I want to do is watch the game. I think the game's entertaining, and like the content for. I care about the players that are good. Right. I don't care about. Paul anymore, dude. No. We get it, Paul. No. We get it. Just. <laughs> is this the, the DJ scene up here? Yes, this is kind of where we. So what is like, this place? Is it influencer this is house? Like, yeah, this is like his like hype house. His like influencer house. You know what I mean? And just like the way he talks and it's just. Oh, they show me the black and red. Yeah, man. But that's because you're pitching him. You're selling him. Was that a sales pitch? You were selling him. That was a little nice. We'll let you decide. We did bring the chaos jersey, though. So. No, they showed me before. I was like, yeah. That's no doubt. <laughs> I just don't know why this guy's associated with lacrosse right now. Because he played lacrosse for like two years when he was like a child. Yeah, you no, see? I just watched him shoot. That was yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was so they they're like little Huddy play, plays lacrosse. Like holy shit, that's another thing about the lacrosse community. Like anytime you see anyone that has one time in their life picked up a lacrosse, thing, and that's like, where they're trying to get the marketability. Like, on Bell play lacrosse. Like holy shit, you know what I mean? Like, right. Oh my gosh. And yeah, they're like bleeping him out every every other second, like real professional look. Orbeez. Is it jam? What is, uh, what's the backstory here? Expensive painting, and I liked it. Do you have a name? No, should we come up with one? Definitely. Go to Pokemon, by the way. Guess they never said the name, no, but... Yeah, no. Um, no. Th- yeah, that, that's where they're trying to get... This is great. Market. Who did that? You gotta go to the, like, where they're on the field, it's just... Oh, it's bad, damn. Man. This just isn't it. This is, you see the NFL doing this? You see the NBA doing Never. this? Never. Get a guy who starts a vlog other than Paul Rabel, and like, I'm trying to think of a. a, a we want behind the scenes. Yes. We want players that matter. We want you know. Show me the process of it. Yeah. Legitimate, you know, content, lacrosse content. Right. We don't want this random, you know, guy who picked up a lacrosse stick when What did he school. just do? What was it? To the pumpkin pie? Oh yeah, he tried to. Oh yeah, we'll have a bite city first. 
We'll have a bite to Jesus Christ. Gotta, gotta That's fine. What is that stance? Yeah. Dude, it's not it's not a stance. The kid played for like a, a one season, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. He's scared of the ball. Bruh. Look at that. He doesn't want to get hit with the ball. <laughs> He's getting as far away as he can. I was just good at it. Also, it's also it's really clear that RJ had has no just has never played. Right. Doesn't have any of the lingo. He's a content creator. Yeah. Like at least get someone who like get that that one dude who does all the Instagram clips who commentates. You know, real funny. Um. Oh That's pretty God. general. <laughs> the lacrosse guy who does the who commentates um, on the clips. He's this isn't the content we want. PLL, I'm sorry. This is the face of the PLL, like for most people, for most kids who are consuming, you know, on their phones through Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. That's that's the face. Yeah, that dude who just took that shot right yeah, there. Yeah, I think I'm done with. Um, yeah, you get it. I mean, yeah, yeah you get it. Then he does that. And, oh Jesus Christ! Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. So right, cool. I just think I just think you know, there's missing like a huge opportunity to, you know, I don't know. Well, do I mean, better. Because they're trying <laughs> to base it in LA, which is. Yeah. What TikTok is, and yep. they're trying to grow it there because it's not. Big. Like I get what they're doing, but they're missing the mark by. Not hitting the people that actually care about the sport. I mean, right. you can still do all that stuff, but like keep it to TikTok or like that's like their main YouTube account. You know right. what I mean? Like, I want like like mic'd ups or like behind the scenes or you know just lacrosse like. Focused on their product, not like right. some random guy you know no that's that's tough but that's tough it's gonna be tough i mean i'm gonna support you know obviously you gotta yeah. support it but yeah. like you know could be better i agree and i mean my gosh um it's they've tried it on so many different levels oh, i yeah. mean just to try to get paid how does how does the payment do you know how the payment structure works with the pll and how, how they, get, they paid? get paid yeah for the pll yeah no I, I know the mlo is just like a standard yeah, the MLO is like, I think it was like 20 grand if you're like on the active roster and like played in games. Okay. It was like 20, 20K. And, and then, there's no like pay increase or just a flat not, I mean, I know, I, I don't know exactly, but I do know that most of the guys who made their living off of playing made their money off of like endorsements. Like, like, um, uh, who's the attackman, the short attackman for Lizards? Rob Pinnell made all of his money off Warrior. of like Warrior and now New Balance. You know what I mean? Like he's not making any money off. He'll make like you know his twenty grand or whatever right. it is. But in the PLL, I don't know exactly, but I heard I forgot who I heard it from. So, uh, pl some player in the PLL that you don't actually get paid unless you step on the field. Mm. Yeah. So like if you dress up and you sit in the sideline the whole game, you don't get paid. That's but I don't know. That could be completely not true. I don't even remember wh who I heard it from, so I can't even. I honestly like. Right. But I remember hearing it from someone, a player that that played. I, okay. I, I, I forgot who, but. And I heard that there was something where they are trying to get players to, if they work, in some area of the league from an operational oh, standpoint, yeah. they get paid more. I'm sure. That's yeah. just what I heard because it's uh, all player run. I don't league. doubt it. I mean, I talked to Ryan earlier today. 
And like we were talking about Ryan Jenner at um, yeah, he's an attackman for the Water Dogs, and we were at um, Positional Academy earlier, just right before I came here, and I was chatting with him about like the new tie dye shirts that came out for the PL. I don't know if you saw those, like a new shirt line. Yeah, I saw. And I was like, eh, not cool. They're like okay. They're like you know, it's like a tie dye shirt, so it's like pretty overplayed right. at this point. But you know. And he was like, oh, they're pretty cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, so, like, how many do they send you? Like, what's the, you know, I was, like, curious, like, you got to post about it? Or, like, you know, they send you them if you got, if you post on Instagram? Like, how does it work? And he's like, and he's like, no, he's like, they don't send me. He's like, he's like, he's like, he said, that's, that's, like, the worst part about, about liking their gear. Because all the stuff that comes out is really cool. But then I got, it's, like, $50 a month because everything is super expensive. And, like, I don't get any. And I was like. Like, wait, they don't, like, you're one of the, like, the premier attackmen in the league. Like, they don't, I didn't say that to him. Right, but, but that would be know. a great way to market. Like, you just talked about, like, that would be awesome if they, I mean, he has 18,000 followers. That's a classic. I mean, that is, that is what they teach you day one. I didn't go to, like, marketing school, but that's, like, day one. Like, someone who doesn't go to marketing school right. understands that you want to get your premier dudes in the gear. And you want to get that out to people. All so I told time. him, I was like, I was like, they don't give you, like, free stuff to, like, post it? He's like, oh, yeah, every now and again, they'll, like... They say if I post like two posts, they'll like send me a shirt or something. But it's like every single drop, I would have a shirt out to every one of my big time players, right? And having them post on social like right away, like have, like have a threshold of ten thousand followers, and if you have it, yeah. then you're a marketable player. Yeah, I mean, are you, are they really hurting that much for cash where they can't spare? You know, I don't right? Know, they have a TV deal with NBC. Ten T-shirts for their most premier players to right. post on Instagram. And think about the return that they're gonna get on it just by having that post, like. Yeah. No, that's marketing one on one. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it just it, it blows my mind. Right. They don't. They don't like. I mean, you look. You go on their Instagram. You see that their new like clothing drop, and it's just random models. And right. I had no clue who they were, which makes me even less inclined to buy, which I wasn't going to in the first place. But even yeah. more, so. I bought the Water Dogs crew neck because yeah. I saw part of my take war, which is my podcast that I listen to, and. The guy, Big Cat, wears it all the time, and I'm like, wait. Ah. Part of my take is a sports guy, right? Yeah, barstool. So they. Oh do, yeah, barstool. Um, yeah. So they, like, it's like a comedy sports podcast. Right. Like they are sponsors of the PLO. Like so, uh, Erica Nardini's on the board of the PLO, who's okay. the CEO of Barstool. Right, right, and so right. she talks about it all the time on her podcast about how this is her investment that she's making to grow the league, and right. it's those things. And I'm sure that she has a say in this, but. To get her talent to wear the gear, it's getting barstool people to wear it. So they should take note of that and realize, oh, well, if we got our players to wear it, it would get teenagers more inclined yeah. to wear it rather I mean, it's than just literally like, like the most basic right. thing. Like when I've got my reset t-shirts, like I'm going to do a, a competition at the end and like the winner, I, I can't afford to give, you know, away. I'm at that point or else you I would, one thing. or else I would give every one of those kids who comes to the clinic, I would give them right. with their clinic fee. I would include, which I even thought about doing had I had my shit together better. And I would have gotten the designs done and the t-shirts done in time. This is clinic one part. You I had know. plenty of time. Right? I know what I'm saying, but I'm saying yeah. like, I, it's worth it for me to, to, to upcharge the clinic fee, $70 instead of $60 and yeah. just give them a t-shirt. You know what I mean? And just eat the, whatever it is. The three hundred dollars on on the on the thirty t shirts. Yeah. It's better to just eat that and get the marketing out there, you know what I mean? Instead of like trying to sell all the t shirts. But yeah, I mean I, I I don't know why I didn't do it. No, I mean but it, it's still just to have this conversation, then you can just in two or three sessions, yeah, you can just be like, Oh, okay, I don't mind eating it. Cause, I mean, for this, 
I ate it. Like, yeah, I yeah. ate these because I knew yeah. that someone like you or somebody like, I mean, I just had um, Olu Olungake, um, Olumagake. Um, Who's that? He's an Olympian. For I was about to say, that sounds, and that so, sounds, the name sounds And weird. he lives what, what sport here in Atlanta, triple jump. So he oh. was in Rio last... He was in the podcast? You had him on here? Yeah, so Hell he yeah. was on last week. And just to have him rep the gear, it's like, okay, I mean, he is, one, he posted my artwork, and two, yeah. he's going to post a picture with this. And it's like, I'm not paying him anything. It's yeah, just yeah, him yeah. coming on. We had a conversation. Cool. And yeah. then you just get organic growth. And, like, I don't I don't care. I, I just right. want to make sure that somebody who comes on enjoys their time and yeah, then yeah. also just broadcast says hey friends listen to this and so yeah yeah like i don't know what this becomes and i'm sure you don't know what reset becomes but no. you've already got that lately like you want it to be labeled yeah that. of course and, I, and i'm honestly like not worried about like what it's become because because this is and this is what i tell like like ethan dirk i'm gonna name drop like another one of my kids that i coach like i tell him this all the time like he's one of those kids who like is super worried about what college is looking at him he's he wants to go to a d1 school he's like you know he's all He's all, you know, about it like that. And I always tell him, he always gets so worked up about it. I'm like, dude, at the end of the day, like, you care way too much about this for it to, like, not work out in, in some way. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, if, if this is something that you, like, you really, you know, want to do and, like, really care about, like, it's it'll it'll work out. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, it's only not going to work out if, if you, like, stop doing it because you don't care about it anymore. You know what I mean? But, like, right now you care about it enough where you're going to go, you're going to keep doing them, you're going to keep you know you're gonna eat those you're gonna you're gonna have a, a little bit more money to pay for the next one it's just gonna keep spitballing and spitballing and spitballing and as long as you like care about it as much as you do now like it's not you know it'll keep growing you know that's like kind of my opinion it's not like professional sports where like in professional sports it's a little different like that's that absolutely you care you could you could care about it all you want and it's, and it just doesn't sometimes it just doesn't you know right there's a just, brand that goes along with the athletic ability right. so there's a lot of different moving parts i get that right for sure. but for something for something like this that 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 intangible, un- like the thing that you can't really help, is like way closer to being level with how much you care. Yes, I, you know what I'm saying. Yes. Like, like, yes, yeah, like, like, and I mean, I was the kid in high school as well who wanted to go play D1, so I right. get where oh yeah, Ethan's yeah. coming from. I mean, he's gonna play D1, like he's right, yeah, right. He's sick. <laughs> yes, so but the thing is, is when you have that level of care and the work ethic that Ethan has to to take it to the next level. It, Regardless, even if he goes to play a lower level D one or even D three at a really high level, if he works there, then he's gonna yeah. do what he loves regardless. Exactly. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't think in my wildest dreams I would be thinking about asking you, "Hey Parker, how do you go about playing professional lacrosse?" Right, like right. that would not be a thing that I would have thought five years ago that I would be saying. Yeah, yeah. But things work out because I know inside I care about the sport I yeah. am good at it and I want to continue to get better at it so yeah. that's just how it works and so I I know that there is uh, an insecurity at that age to just be like I oh, want yeah. it all right now for and sure D1 has that brand around it that is almost unattainable because you have the coaches that are determining it and they also think that it's like life or death yeah you know what I mean they're like they think this is the last decision they're ever gonna make in their entire life. You know what I mean? Like, could not be farther from the truth. They, they like, they, they just. I mean, yeah. They think like if they don't go to the right school or they don't go D one, they're gonna, they're gonna implode right there on the spot. Right. <laughs> you know? so it's like, Which is crazy. Usually, when you force that decision, I mean, I've had plenty of friends that I'm sure you have them as well that go D one and then after 
a year, maybe half a season, they're done. They're yeah, burnt out. Yeah, and that's yeah. something where you have to go with your gut. And Coach Page just talked my ear off. And I loved him because he was really interested in me as a player and a person. Right, And right. then that instilled our foundation as freshmen and then grew to sophomore, junior, and then senior year. We were the program that we wanted to be. And now we're the – I mean, we've – we were the conference champions. We still are since still, I didn't That's happen. right. I'm, I'm technically uh, still a state championship. Boom, state there champion. you go. Exactly. <laughs> we got a state champion, conference champion right here. Um, and then also we got up to number four in the country this year. And yeah, it's like it's you crazy. build that culture. And yeah. then if something comes about in the future, whether it's coaching or playing opportunities, I can say, well, I was fortunate enough to be in the senior class that helped exactly. build this. So you never know, but you just have to go with your gut, which yeah. is tough sometimes. I get it. It is. It is. And that's why it's like, that's why this whole, that's why like the whole kind of artsy side of reset, that's why it's, that's, that's like me going my gut. You know what I mean? That's like something I've always wanted to do. You know, I always, I always think that I've always thought that I had a, like a niche for like, you know, an eye for kind of a design standpoint, like, you know, so I just want to, you know, see what happens. You know, you never freaking know. It's awesome. Yeah. And we'll to think that you have that label on there too, to just be like, all right, you're, affirmed a reset goalie i mean yeah that'd be cool yeah that's just like a thing that i thought of like where like where in the long run like where do i see and i think it's probably because i'm like just trying to mimic goalie smith a little bit because like i don't want it to be like a super instructional thing like that's not really like of course if you if you come to a reset thing like you're gonna like you're gonna get there's gonna be good coaches there you know but it's more like what you're saying about what leary said like we're not gonna stop the entire clinic to like go coach one guy like if you need to say something to a kid yes. while you're at a reset clinic like Pull them aside when everyone else is getting shots and say, "Hey, listen, try this next rep." And then, right. you know, what I mean, it's not gonna be like a like a, a Scott Rogers like, "Okay, everyone, you know, drill. Here you go, you know, whistle down, whistle down." You know what I mean? It's gonna be like you're gonna go there. They're gonna be the best shooters around. You're gonna get really good reps. You're gonna get a little bit of you know tips and pointers from guys who have either been around the sport or like eventually I want to bring in like I want to like fly down certain guys like to come. Like I know Drake would fly down. I know I could get Scott to fly down. I know I could get. I could probably get Austin to fly down, like, you know, if I ever, like, if it ever starts becoming monetarily, you know, if that makes sense for me to do that, I know that they would. So, like, I think that would just be the coolest thing, just more like a community type, you know, like. Yes. Like, I'm not, you're not coming here to, like, for, like, a a lesson, you know what I mean? You're coming here to get reps in front of dudes who know what they're talking about. They're going to help you out. You're going to get better. It's going to be a little bit of recruiting involved. You're going to get your name out there in front of people who matter in the lacrosse goalie world mm-hmm. you know and it's just that's kind of what i'm and you, you might get a cool t-shirt while you're at it you know? yeah and then you almost get like a board approval so you yeah, build yeah that, exactly you build that yeah, exactly. board and then somebody like drake porter says oh well he's a good goalie yeah, sick yeah boom yeah. he posted on his instagram this goalie with your logo there right right that builds credibility instantly exactly exactly that's exciting that's got to be fun where did you, where'd you like want to do is it just because you started with goalie smith where it's like i want to build something of my own down here um no, I mean I've I've been doing private lessons down here for a long yeah. time, and I've always wanted to try and like private lessons are good and, and great, and you know I I only I charge sixty dollars for my private lessons right now, which is a lot less than dudes who have like ML experience charge, and that's that goes back to me saying that I hate to like upset people, like I just feel bad, like like when when like a parent reaches out, I was like okay yeah Johnny's gonna you know we got a lesson set up you know next Friday sounds great, how much do you charge? I just, I, I, I can't, I can't do that. For some reason, I just feel so bad. I feel so crabby about myself to say, 
even 80 bucks. I, it used to be 70 bucks and, and, uh, Ethan Barlag's parents still pay me 70 bucks because that's what I, that's what I started with was 70 bucks when I first moved down here. He was one of my first private lessons and they still, to this day, every time I do a private lesson with them, I'm like, stop paying me 70 bucks. Like it's only 60 bucks. Like stop. And they're like, what do you mean? Like you, you, uh, you said 70, so like, you know, but I just feel so bad, like yeah. asking for that much money. So it started as a, as a place where I could try and like get all of that group together in one spot, you know, more or less mm-hmm. and kind of like maybe make a little bit more money all at once and not have to do an hour, you know, 60 bucks an hour for one and then another and I'm out there all day and, and then it kind of just morphed into like, hey, wait a minute, maybe I could make a couple t-shirts with this, you know, kind of tie that whole thing in where like get my design, you know, bug or itch scratched. And then I kind of started working with goals more closely and realizing what those guys do and seeing how successful they are with it mm-hmm. and seeing how many dudes from the South will travel up to a Goldsmith clinic. And then it kind of just, you know, started yeah. snowballing from there. Those guys said they'll help me out. They've been awesome. They've been helping me out, set this up. They've been giving me pointers on how to, you know, market it. They've been giving me pointers on how to, how to take money, how to do all that, how to set it up. They're going to give me pointers on how to like run the actual clinic. So having them in my corner is really great. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, eventually, at first I wanted to run a Goldsmith clinic down here and, mm-hmm. and call Goldsmith and say, listen, we're doing a Goldsmith clinic down here. And those guys were like, nah, you know, we, we want you to do your own thing. And I think half because now I think about it, a lot of what Goldsmith is, is those two brothers, like getting the opportunity to play in front of those guys because they carry such a, their word is like means so much in mm-hmm. the form of like recruiting and stuff. And they said to me, they're like, you know, we'll help you do everything you need. We'll give you all the resources you need, but we want you to like have it be like your own thing. So I'm pretty grateful they did that because if it were up to me, I would have just had a goldsmith clinic down here. Yeah, but yeah. now you get to carry the weight. Yeah, yeah, but then I wouldn't have had any of the reset gear that I have come right. in. I wouldn't, have, you know, what I mean, it would have just been goldsmith. Right, but they also giving you the tools or yeah. giving you the power as well to say, oh, yep. Parker Ferry's got the power to. Yep. And I'd be lying if I didn't say to some of these kids that are coming to the first reset, I didn't say like, "Hey, I'm holding the Goldsmith Clinic." You know what I mean? Like, That's fine. Yeah, I know because it's gonna be it's the, the it's gonna at its core it's basically gonna be the same exact thing. And, and then great. once those kids see it, it's just gonna you know hopefully they'll. I mean, eventually I would love to have it to be like, you know, a weekly. I mean, that would be the. It end will goal. be. That'd be sick. Absolutely, speak it into existence. Like Friday, you know, like a Friday Saturday type deal. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Heck yeah! And then. You just make that your thing, and then you come. You know, it's a. I'll be there. I cool, cool hundred bucks for you every week. You know, whatever it is. Full support. Yeah, full man. support for you. Whatever yeah, you man. need. I mean, let's look, there's another one right there. <laughs> That's go. all you need. Exactly. <laughs> let's go. Money, money, money. That's all you need. I mean, it's not. I'm making it seem like it's not all about money. I mean, it's all about the money. It's really not. But you need the money to be able to do it all because, like, the field costs money. The balls cost money. The shirts cost money. Coaches cost money. The shooters cost money. I mean, yes. it all it all costs money. You know what I mean? So it's just like it may seem like the I'm world like, runs on money, right? Exactly. You got to monetize exactly. it at some point. Exactly. So the fact that you've already built the client base in Atlanta and even broader in the South, yeah, that's going to draw so much around that I'm excited for you. That's going to we'll be something that's mm-hmm. so cool that you know you have a niche market and you can just expose it and say. I know that this is blowing up. Yeah. I'm going to execute on the one area that I'm an expert at. And right. <laughs> let's just grow this. Because there's yeah. talent here. Yo, and yeah. there are goalies that just are like, ah, I mean, 
I think of Hunter and I think of yeah. he's like, I want to go to school in Florida. It's like, yeah. bro, you're good enough to he go play good, in the Northeast. Man. You're good, good enough. And, he is very good. And so you put that seed in their mind to say, no, there are schools that are better that are going to prepare you so much more, not only for lacrosse, but education as well. Yeah. Like, I'm so grateful I went to a Centennial Conference school oh, because yeah. just saying I went to one of those schools is is so incredible because it not only taught me how to play lacrosse, but it taught me how to think. Right. And it's so incredibly impactful to have that and bring it down to Atlanta because people don't know about it. It's like, yeah. well, you should go check it out because I really enjoyed myself. I think you would too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. People just find things out. So I'm excited for you and no, you're gonna kill it. We'll see, I I really hope so. Like I I think of like things that I'm good at, you know, and the list is pretty small. But I think reset is kind of grouping them all into one. So I'm kinda hoping that it's (laughs) what I did with the podcast. I grouped it all together. I brand it, I do the artwork for it, I create the artwork by the way. Is that your own font? Did you is that freehand font? Yeah, I just made it. That is sick. Thank you. I very, very good. Um I gotta get you to sign the book. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, it kind of just bred from that guy saying, use pen. And it use all pen. starts there to just say... That's going to be the first line in your book, use pen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I named my sketch page on Instagram blank pages because yeah. I have a blank page to work with and I get to create whatever I want. There's yeah, so much... Pen. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I really do like that. It, it speaks a little bit... To you? That's my stomach. My goodness. Yeah, do you need some food? No, I'm good. No, <laughs> no that's... Uh, I had a... Uh, I had... I was desperate today. I had a, a quick trip, uh, like one of those roller taquitos. I don't think I've ever... Dude, they're actually kind of good. Really? I had one for like the... I think this is the second time I ever ate one today. Because I was just like... I, I needed something to eat. I was like in the middle of... I was going back from one estimate to another and I just like had to stop and get gas and I was like... I just want something that, like, is more legitimate food than, like, a bag of chips. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. That's So you open the taquito. It's not like taquito, man. (laughs) And you know what? I didn't regret it until until now. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the fart in uh, Step Brothers. Like, is that a fart? (laughs) No, it's just my stomach. I can taste it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 It's been cool, man. Yeah, I appreciate you doing this. Blast, I mean, man. this is something that I, like I said, I was doing this before. I love talking to people and learning stories, and yeah. especially talking to a fellow goalie. It's like yeah, I think there's some really, I think like there's some valuable goalie stuff in here that you don't get in yes. other uh, other like goalie podcasts. And in the introduction, I'll shout out Reset Lacrosse, build a brand. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not, I'm not, I, I don't need a plug. I doubt there's any. Like, I'm going to give you a plug. You didn't okay, ask for a I plug. Mean, I got you. I mean, I, you know, but I'm, but I'm saying like, you know, I appreciate it. I got yeah. you. There's no need to be humble here. I mean, you came and took a risk on me and, um, let me get you a crew neck. What size are you? No, you don't. I mean, listen, I'll buy one, bro. I, Shut the fuck up. All right. Extra large, man. Thank you so much for being a part of the journey. 
this has been amazing to be able to share with you guys and i'm excited to sharing many more about everything going on in the world just make sure that you do everything you can to spread positivity love you guys and we'll see you next week I went pro, made profit. Now I keep some dead faces in my pocket. Getting faded, I've been stoned all week. But what's a guy without a little OD? Just twisting my weight, easing my mind. Why you worry about me? Stop tripping, I'm fine. Where these bitches done lost it lately. You put the whole in honest, baby. So complicated. And I may be a little arrogant. I'm aware of it, I know. I got a problem, I'ma take care of it. Wait, I'm carrying, gotta let it go. Made a promise to my mama that I bless her with some grandkids She can spoil them But till then I'm getting dollars I'm just doing what I gotta Can a man live? And it's all day I'm a god, get a whole squad a job Get them all paid Came a long way from all state, yeah Now we all American We all American